Dearly beloved, before we get into another episode of the Deadass Podcast, I'd like to thank Country Trucker Caps for keeping the podcast above ground. Support the people who support us. You'll find the Unreal Caps at thecountrycompanies.com or if you want to design your own CTC hat, go to countrytruckercaps.com. Cheers. Welcome to the Dead Ass Podcast. Another episode of the Dead Ass Podcast. I am your host, Brizey, where we capture stories and eulogies. And today we have a very important guest with us today, Mr. TJ Hanley. How are you, sir? Good, thanks, Bryce. I'm good, mate. That's I'm good. pleased I'm here and I'm alive. <laughs> You're not dealing with me dead, mate. I'm alive and I'm here and I'm talking. So it's a pretty bloody big start, mate. <laughs> when, I rang, when I rang you about it, I mentioned to you, I said, hey, um, is there any chance you could come on my podcast where we capture some eulogies and stuff like that? And you're like, you just want to capture it now so you don't have to do it when my time comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just press play, mate. <laughs> That's right. You're going to record me now, mate. <laughs> Takes all the trouble out of it, mate. That's exactly right. That's it. Just forward thinking, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so as I said before, like part of our podcast, uh, what we do, uh, we just capture stories of people's lives and their eulogies and stuff like that. So – Essentially, mate, you you know you've got quite a extensive history in all kinds of things, which I'm really excited to hear. And everyone who knows who you are know your son as well. Good, one of my best mates. <laughs> you're you're the father of the hat tycoon, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Knuckles. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> I'm Knuckles' son. I, I love him to pieces. He's a great fellow, and he's done very very well mm. with his cap sales and his podcasts. And oh, he's uh, doing fantastic. I, I'm pleased to know that Bryce, you're one of his best mates, yep. and. Uh, and if I can support you in this podcast, mate, I'll do whatever I can yeah. to help you, mate. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that so much. It, um, you do have quite an extensive history. You have some amazing stories, stories that I've heard over the years from yourself, uh, from your son, from other friends as well. And um, so that's what we're here to do today, mate. We're here to capture some stuff, get some history behind, you know, where you grew up, um, a bit of your family history. We'll go through to, you know, your career, what you're involved in. You know, all that sort of stuff, mate. So where would you like to kick off from? Yeah, Bryce, mate, I might sort of start, I think, with um, like my family's history. Yep, perfect. Um, it's Dad's early history and Mum's early history and uh, Dad's mother's early history. Yep. Um, uh, Timothy Hanley came out to Australia in about 1840. Okay, yep. I believe from checking documents that he arrived on a ship. Yep. In uh, uh, South Australia, uh, he finished up over in Sydney. Yeah, okay. uh, he was an Irish engineer. Yeah, radio. And back in eighteen forties, eighteen fifties, he he put a road across the Blue Mountains. Yeah, wow. And for a long time, was known as Hanley's Gap. Uh, I've been down there, but there's new big freeways now go past and over it, and it's probably a forgotten yeah sure. area, you know. But that's where the, the Hanleys came from originally. Yeah. Uh, Mum's people. They came out from England. Yep. Uh, they were the Connollys. And if anyone had learnt their uh, social studies, Blackstone, Wentworth and Lawson crossed the Blue Mountains. Yes, of course. Well, yeah. Luke, Luke Connolly was mum's great-great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. He was a faithful servant for Charles Wentworth. 
Oh, right. For 20 years. Wow. And I've seen the reference he gave him. Yeah, you're saying that. That's uh, that's impressive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And of interest, um, Charles Wentworth married Robert Towns's daughter, yep. aged 15 years of age, and <laughs> Townsville's named after Robert Towns, who was one of the discoverers ah, of Townsville. There you go. So we go right back and... I've done a lot of work on Robert Towns and the Have property. You? Oh, a lot of history I put together on Robert Towns. He's a remarkable man. Is he really? Uh, even I was at Charleville there. He owned one of the one, well, the first blocks of land in Charleville. Do you really? Believe it or not, Robert, wow. Robert Towns. I've got all documentation on that, and and he also did um, uh, sandalwood, carted sandalwood out of the far western Queensland, uh, out of places that that. Um, no one knew he was there. Wow. He carted down to Wilcannia on uh, horse teams. Yep. And um, then put it on barges down to Melbourne, sandalwood timber, back right back in the early times. Wow. And uh, one of his first properties was called Thurungower yep. out there. Yeah, right. And as you know, that's the main shire west of the city of Townsville, Thurungower Shire. Yeah. And that was the name of his property. <laughs> Uh, and it was abandoned back in like the 1860s. Is it really? And that wow, was the name yeah, of this right. place. And and when I saw it, I said, "Oh, well, that's the name of Thurungower Shire." But yeah. I couldn't. And when I when I tried to get some information relation Thurungower, where the name come from? Well, I obviously yeah. come from Robert Towns. Yeah. They said that it was only it was an Aboriginal name. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that. They yeah. didn't connect it with. With him, Robert Towns. Yeah, wow. so I, I do a lot of. I've got a great range of history books. Do you, I do, a, a do you like to do you like to do that for your own personal? Like that's a bit of stuff for your history, like oh, hobbies yeah. and stuff like that. Or is yeah. that and like that? Then you can also make the connection to your own family history and stuff like that too. That's I right. Take it, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I've got a whole library of, of history books: Queensland history, Australian history. Um, read it all the time. I see a new book comes out. Yeah, on that type of thing, non-fiction stuff, I always get it. And Do you, any any particular history in general? Is it more like the people history, or like even just like the early formation of Australia or Queensland? Is it all Queensland stuff mainly? No, or? yeah, a lot of Queensland, but mainly Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. a lot of mostly probably I'd probably say sixty percent of big Queensland. Yeah, yeah, all cool. the early explorers and uh, as a, an author by Glenville Pike. Yep, he wrote the best books on early history. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Um, one of his main books was Queensland Frontier. Yep, which should be a history book for all students in Queensland. Yeah, okay, to read. Cool. Just phenomenal history. I'll, I'll have a look at that because yeah. I, I do quite like that sort of stuff and myself. When you read through it, you come across these names of old prospector, like say Dalrymple or or these type of things, famous explorers. And then you get to know where the origin of all the towns come from. Yeah, right. Like all the towns were named after these old early prospectors and old, yeah. And and you wouldn't know any other no, way, would you? No. And at one stage I was going to put a book together with, with them all, the A to Z of the towns, rivers, ranges, mountains, seas, um, and where they were. Their origin was. That's but, cool. But, of course, now we've got Google and yeah. so someone can hit a button and, they can find it. <laughs> find it anyway. So they, but uh, I mean, but you, you still have to know what you're looking for, though. I guess. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty but, interesting. Um, but my my history myself, I'm Terence Hanley. Yes. And uh, I was named after, uh, believe it or not, I hope these roofs stay up here. <laughs> I was named after uh, Bishop Maguire, Terence Maguire. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. he was a bishop. The bishop uh, in Townsville. Yeah. From 1930 to 1938. Well, there you go. Yeah. And he was a very progressive outward bishop and he actually set up the first um, mission on Palm Island. 
Oh, really? For the okay. Catholic Church? Yeah, sure. And uh, Abergary Agricultural College. I didn't know tra- that, To yeah. training. He was the founder of it. Founder of it. Both and of them. And it's very progressive for a minister, uh, for, a, for a bishop, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. No, he's very outgoing sort of fellow. Normally yeah. they're very conservative. Yeah, and- yeah. No, he's written up as the most outgoing progressive uh, bishop, wow. like to help the community, young people to learn, you know, the agricultural <laughs> industry and yeah. probably the sugar industry and that sort of thing and particularly – um, you know, wayward ones and that too, mm. you know. Yeah, that's so, impressive, yeah, mate. So, yeah. so I, when I say I've been named after a bloody bishop, I, everyone runs for cover. <laughs> <laughs> I think this could be possible. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, that's all right. Um, yeah, so uh, so you're named after a bishop and um, and what, so whereabouts did you grow up? Was it in what area was yeah, it? Yeah, okay. I grew up in west of Dolby uh, in an area called Dandine. Yeah, uh, Dandine and Dandine. Dad went to the Second World War in the Middle East and uh, New Guinea, and in 1946, <clears throat> Dandine Station, which was owned by the Clarks, yeah, sure, was cut into what they called soldier settlement blocks in those days. Okay, yeah, okay, sure. And uh, Dad drew one of them, and he was a drover and a ringer and a stockman uh, in the Gulf and in, in the Maranoa country before the war. And uh, he hadn't had much farming experience, but yeah, sure. to uh, when he came back from the war to qualify for one of these blocks, he had to do a six months course at the Gatton College, okay. which he did in 1945. And, and once he got that certificate, he then he could qualify to be in a ballot for these soldier settlement blocks. Yeah, okay, sure. And then uh, 1946, uh, he he drew a block, and him and mum uh, he uh, put an old army tent on it. Wow. Didn't have too much money after the war. Mum was an accountant with uh, Queensland Fruit Supplies in oh, yeah. in, in Brisbane. Yeah, and uh, and then she worked at a garage in um, Dolby Coots's Garage. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. And uh, Dad had this army tent. Mum worked in town Friday afternoon on a push bike. She put groceries or whatever she had in the, on the old push bike and pedal it out eighteen mile <laughs> yeah. to, to the to wow. the block. They just draw. Holy smokes! Yeah. And then Sunday night she'd bloody pack up and pedal it back into town Sunday night. Uh, and all they had was really a crosscut saw, an axe, and a you know shovel and whatever tools. Wow! And uh, they cleared you know twelve hundred acres uh, themselves. Mum and Dad cutting down the big Morton Bay ash trees with a crosscut saw and. That's crazy. Axe and saw, and they worked hard. And then in about 19, around about 50, 51, they built uh, a little house, which was really a tractor shed. Yeah, right. With a little house <laughs> on the end of it. And then in 52, there's a little, little squark and little fella turned up, and that was my first house at Dandine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. And, uh, and yeah. did you, was that like the back in the day where you were saying that there was like, when, where was it where you had the property with no power? It was. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah, we had uh, always say, look at these um, modern ladies today, and you go into the kitchen, they've got every appliance in a house <laughs> known to white men, you know, <laughs> and uh, cutting and bloody shredding and all sorts of mixing. And, and yeah. like in our house, we had a, a crown wood stove. Wow. With a, with a water fountain, there's a little fountain on the side with yeah. water, hot for hot water. Yeah, sure. Um, that was the stove. We had a Charles Hope refrigerator, which was a kerosene refrigerator. Yep. Kerosene one, wow. Kerosene, which in the middle of it had a little, a little ice box, right in the middle, a little ice box. Yep. And um, Charles Hope fridge. 
And mum had what they called a petrol iron. It was a, she thought it was the best thing in the world, a little iron with a little tank on it. Yeah, right. You pumped it up and ironed the clothes with. Really? And dad had a, um, a primus, a, a metho primus. Yep. Um, which he used to pump up and boil a billy early in the morning. Wow. And um, we had two uh, two lanterns and a, a tillion and a lantern pump up kerosene lantern. Wow. That, well, that, that was all the that's all crazy. The stuff we had in the house, you know. And um, outside mum had, I think she had three old tubs. Yeah. She used to put the washing in. The copper was up out in the flat, the big copper, and put, you know, boil it up and put the clothes in there. And oh, yeah, yeah. Rinse them in the tubs. And um, I remember when I was a little fella, dad gave mum a hand wringer where you wring the clothes and the sheets and that from one tub. And in those days, you had the little blue bags. Yes. You put blue, little a little bag of blue sort of dye to keep your sheets white and your clothes white. And she'd wring it through this hand wringer from one tub to the other, and she thought she'd won gold lotto when Dad bought her this, <laughs> this hand wringer. You know, like, yeah. it, was, it was a big deal, you know. Of and, course uh, it would have been, uh, yeah. And, and that's what I was brought up with. And Mum and Dad had two chairs, two good wooden chairs. We had a table. Um, us kids, um, we had a little chair, a little high chair I think I had originally. Yeah. And then we had cream cans with a sugar bag on top of them. Wow. That was our chairs. Was yeah, you really? come in, grab a grab yeah. a cream can and pull it up to the table and Wow. And and that was that was life, you know, that was that's why it was. Yeah. We were happy and we were healthy. Yeah, of course. Mum and dad had the veggie garden there, they grew their own veggies. We had a milker, milk the cow. You know, but you know that's like you know the funny thing is, like nowadays, if you heard about that, that's like that's some sort of like organic farming that's funky and it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like that's like not the, everyday life. That's, like the that's, Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, yeah. people look at that like it's a – like because I know there's like a, around here there's these little hobby farms and people yep. can go to them and see them and like they think it's really – like it's extraordinary. But yep. that was everyday life back yeah, in the day. That was normal. That, well, there's no there's no electricity. Yeah, that's no right. No electricity and, and that's why we lived for quite a few – a lot of years actually – and uh, but we we're happy, happy and healthy. When Dad milked the cow, we had always had fresh milk, um, and we had our veggies. And he had one pig. Did he? <laughs> one pig. He, <laughs> the pig ate nine bags of wheat. He said, "I'm going to get another pig. No way in the world. Those bloody grain-eating hogs." There's <laughs> a bit of a story. Yeah. This pig was called Jeannie. Yeah. And she is my pet pig. I used to feed her. Yeah. Go down. That was one of me. One of me little jobs was cardboard for the for the. Fart wood for the fire, <laughs> yeah. And with me little uh, pedal truck, track, yep. truck oh, thing, yeah. you know, oh yeah, little pedal, yeah. Put the wood in the back, yeah, from the wood heap, and take it up, and put it in Dad's wood box, and then I had to feed feed Jeannie occasionally, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, anyway, um, one day her what's her name? Dad had these tires cut in half. Yep. Cut across, and you put the feed and that in these tires. Okay, yeah. Tire. And um, anyway, one of these tires was tipped over and. Um, fortunately, Dad was there, and I went went to tip over this tire, and there was the biggest black snake under this oh. tire, big red belly black snake under there, and and Dad said, "Quick, drop that tire." You know, anyway, yeah. um, the tire snake went to heaven. Anyway, he's a, <laughs> he was a good snake, so he went to heaven. And uh, so then Jeannie could come the time where poor old Jeannie had to get converted from being a, a happy pig to hams and bacon. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so <laughs> mum and dad thought, oh, gee, it's going to be a bit of a drama, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. So they said, we'll take you up to the neighbour's place. We can play with other kids. And yep. so meanwhile, they've, they've killed Jeannie and they've 
butcher in half, cut her in half. They got her hanging up in this, this under this, this gamble under this tree, this box tree, and they brought me home. It's just before dark, and and, and I looked up and I, I seen Jeannie, <laughs> and I said, "Daddy, look at Jeannie. She's hanging up there. Doesn't she look good? You know." And like I was happy. I said, "What a beauty! Isn't she's a ripper, this bloody Jeannie. She's hanging up there. There was no tears. They thought I'd be all upset. What have you done to Jeannie? Yeah. I thought, you're beautiful, isn't she? Look good. good. <laughs> oh, wow. Buddy uh, built for it, mate. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we sort of progressed on there. Yeah. Um, Dad was, as he's a stockman, I, I got my first horse when I was six. Yeah, sure. There's a bit of a story attached to it. An old driver by the name of... Uh, Redmond, Walter Redmond. Yep. Gave Dad this pony to give to me for my for my first horse. Wow, that's cool. And, and she was a, a driver's mare. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, a little hairy legged mare. And actually, there's a photograph of her uh, in the R.M. Williams magazine. They Is it really? A, did a story on me in uh, 2012 when I left the police force. Oh wow, cool. And there's a photograph of me and me and Betty. Yeah. Ch- chasing the old milker. And um, oh, that's cool. There's only a little fella sitting up there. <laughs> but anyway, she's the worst bloody mare to catch. Dad oh, had really? ever hobbled. You just have to bet a jammer in the corner and tie up before you get a bridle on her. <laughs> she was a terrible bit of gear. And we had some what they call Reeves peas in a bin. Okay, there. yeah, sure. And I used to have this red dish and I'd take it down to try and get her to so I could catch her with the peas. Oh, yeah, sure. And, uh, she'd run around me, she'd run over me, she'd run everywhere <laughs> to get, get away from being caught, you know. But anyway, one day... I went down. I said, come on, Biddy. Come on, Biddy. I've got some beans for you. And she walked straight up to me mm. and she started eating the beans and I was patting her, you know. Really? And Dad was saying, he said, well, I didn't believe in miracles before, but that's a, <laughs> he said, that's a miracle. He said, yeah. Well, I said, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, shit. That's all yeah, right. So anyway, I progressed on. He bought me a big big chestnut um, thoroughbred um, mare. Oh, yeah. To Rob yep. and I got a bit bigger. And, yeah. Because when I was about... Seven or eight, I was driving the tractor, wow. clown, and and um, I'm helping him muster and oh, they cattle. Many hands make light work. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's it's what just, they did. It's just mum and I, and yeah, and my little sis was come on about then. But um, yeah, no, we it was a good, happy life. Yep. you know, we um, that's the way it was. And you ever heard of the Red X trials? No. Yeah, it was a trial back in the fifties. Jelly Knight Jack Clark. Yeah. He, they had this trials. So they old racing cars raced around Australia. Oh, okay, already. Yeah, yeah, going yeah. down to Wilkie's Creek and watching these cars go off over through this Wilkie's Creek. These racing cars. That would have been pretty that, cool that to was, watch. That was a big. That was a big deal. You know. Yeah, it would have been a big deal. Yeah, Bloody yeah. yeah. Did you? Did your parents have motor vehicles at all at any point? They yeah, later on. They later did, on, yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah. 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 See, once um, the situation was once, once they sort of cleared the land. Yeah, I think it was the Agricultural Bank of Queensland at the time because they were soldier settlers. Yeah, they lent them three thousand pound, I think. Yeah, sure. And with that, they had to buy a tractor, a plough, a combine, uh, harrows, and a scarifier. Okay. And and so they could plant their crop, yep. put a crop in, and and of course it's virgin, beautiful, beautiful box balar, mm. a brigolo country, the richest soil. Probably on the, on the Darling Downs in the yeah. country, you know, and they, they, of course, their first couple of crops were just unbelievable. Good crops. Oh, it would have been beautiful. And uh, then they bought an old, they, and they, the tractor, and they got an old Sunshine Harvester, yep. which was pulled by the tractor. Yep. And mum used to drive the drive the dad used to drive the tractor. Mum was on the header, 
Yeah. And then she'd go out and she'd she'd empty the bags. So you'd like you'd dump them, what they call dump them, and leave them in the paddock. Mm-hmm. Then we had what we call bag sellers. Okay. They'd come along and they'd oh sell the bags, sew, sew the bags up. Yep. Yep. And uh, mum and dad did that, you know, for years. Um, and then of course later on, um, we got into what they call bulk grain. Okay. Right. Um, and dad was one of the first farmers to buy a. Over the call a, a Canadian header called a cockshut. Yep. A Canadian cockshut with a Chrysler motor in it. Okay. Still yeah. at home on the farm today. Is he, it really? Yep, still wow. there. Wow. He bought it in the, uh, I think he bought it in 1956 or seven, somewhere around then. Wow. And, uh, and it had balloon tyres, these big fat tyres. Yep. Like they were aircraft tyres. Oh, they really? So he could run over country that the other. Other ones that get bogged in. Would have been like off the old DCs or something, eh? Like yeah, yeah, big old, something like that. Yeah, yeah the big like... old balloon tires. Yeah, yeah. Little tiny tread. Yeah, yeah, little tiny uh, tread, um, yeah. And Dad did all his own harvesting until uh, every year until 1976 when he had a massive crop and he was getting on in years and he was selling the farm. Yeah. And um, he got a contractor in to, to, to harvest. But okay. all throughout that period he harvested, you know. Wow. Um, there's a little bit of a story there attached to that old harvester. We used to go to Harvey Bay for holidays. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just before he bought the header, he was at the Urangan. There's a block of, block of ground, 10 acres near the Urangan jetty there. Oh, like Bundy, down Bundy uh, region? Yeah, Harvey Bay. Oh, Harvey Bay, Harvey sorry, Bay, yeah, yeah. yeah. 10 acres on the front on yeah. the Esplanade. <laughs> wow. With its biggest Queenslander. And they wanted, um, I think, £1,500 for it. Yeah, right. And... Uh, Mum and Dad had the money from a couple of good crops, but Dad said, we're going to have to soon get into this bulk, bulk, bulk grain. grain. So I'm going to have to buy a header, and that's probably going to cost me 1500 So we <laughs> might be better off buying the header and not worrying about this. And, you know, but I reckon that land there would probably be worth, <laughs> probably worth $20 million Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> or more, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's just the value. It's history. amazing to think of how many properties that people could have bought for pen, you know, pennies on the dollar back then, yeah. you know, and to think what they'd be worth now would be phenomenal. Yeah, oh, well, Jesus. I, I um in in um where were we um nineteen nineteen ninety. Yeah. Uh there was a block blocks at Taunton there. Yeah, I'd want in, in laws. Yeah, sure. And I could have bought a block uh fifty acre block there. For fifty six thousand, <laughs> it's dirt road past it, and and anyway, sort of some of the in laws talked talked us out of it. Yeah. And about two years ago, the same block was sold to Alfred Grant for thirteen point one million. Fucking hell! Oh wow! <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Eh? That's that's like, that's just oh, this course like, you don't. Who knows? Who, who was like, to know? Yeah. Who right. was to know? Some places would still be a swampland. You know, oh yeah. You, know, that's you right. just don't know. You got that's no right, idea. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So where did you go back from? The so, farm. Yeah, back on the farm. Where yeah. Did you... So I, um, when all the soldiers settlers moved in there, and they're all families, young, yeah, you know, returned soldiers with young families, they moved to school. I, I'm, so I'm not sure whether it's from Drillum or Delaca. Yeah. A one teacher school. They moved it to Dandine. Wow. And one they, teacher school. One teacher school. Yeah. And they said up there. I think probably the most number of kids would have been. Under twenty, yeah. I think there was when I went to it. There was about twelve. Yeah, right. 12 wow. kids. And um, and so she'd literally have to 
work her teaching structure around yeah. all the yeah. different ages. Yeah. Well, it was there were male teachers in those days, and they rode push bikes to school. Yep. They stayed with one of the farmers there. They rode push bikes to school, and they had those days from grade one to grade eight, which was scholarship year they call it. Okay. Yeah. So sure. it was eight eight classes. Wow. And and to teach them all. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and um, and the old copybook writing. You know, the old the ink wells. Yeah, wow. You know, you, you, you know, like I was, yeah, I won't go there, but I, <laughs> I, I was not very impressed with Brett's writing, you know. And I went along to school when he was a little fellow, that bloody knuckles, and they said, well, he's the best writer in the in the class, you know. <laughs> I said, well, you know, I was going to get a copy book out and get him writing, you know, proper letters for Yeah, yeah proper form. And, you know, it was a little bit of a little bit of controversy. <laughs> They sort of at home front. They were, mum wasn't real keen about that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, but yeah, I went along there, and and I, I still think you know one teacher school, mm. even though the teacher had had you know say the eight classes. Yeah, you more or less had one on one. He'd help yeah. you help you yep. all. You know, yep. just like um, just like school of the air. You know, like uh, not elaborate on a bit in that later oh. on, but. Did you then, did you enjoy that? Like, was it a little teacher school? Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, no, well, you had your, you had your little mates. You know? Yeah, of course. And, yeah. and it was always a sporting, like all those old areas. There was a big cricket pitch there. Oh yeah, sure. And um, there was, I think, two or it might have been two tennis courts. Yeah. And and the parents played tennis as well. Yep. Uh, on Sundays and Saturday they had fixtures. Oh yeah, and that. yeah. And, and cricket, uh, playing different districts. Yep. It was a great camaraderie between all the different little farming districts. Oh, that's cool. You know, back in those days. And uh, and we used to play something which you might have heard of, Bryce, called Vigoro. <laughs> you ever I've heard? Uh, no. What is it? It's 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 like it's like cricket, but the bat's like an oval-shaped bat. Oh, With a wow. cricket handle on but a little oval-shaped bat on the end of it. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. And you had, if you hit, you had to run. It's like hit and run. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vigoro. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. And uh, then, because we were all... Those days we had tunnel ball, you know the old tunnel yes, tunnel ball, ball yeah, yeah, tunnel ball, and I remember tunnel ball, and um, we did that as a part of our school sports back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah tunnel ball, and always sort of a bit of athletics, and <laughs> yeah. but anyway, I sort of I was a bit of a larrikin, unlike knuckles, you know, unlike knuckles, unlike not, yeah, I don't, I don't know where he got that from. No, I don't know. I think it must be his mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I. I yeah uh, I, I seen it occasionally in those days, the, those teachers would give you what they call the cuts. They give you had a cane, yeah. big long lawyer cane, lawyer and they give you six of the best Ooh. across the hand if you, you know, if you did some little some venial sin of putting <laughs> pouring water on girls or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, he had these had these two canes yeah. on you about and this little sunny one. The, the whole school was one room. With oh, a little right. storeroom yeah. out the back, yeah, okay, and a little veranda out the front, yep. And uh, anyway, the teacher had these canes, and I seemed to be, you know, most popular man. He liked to bloody <laughs> use them on. It's popular lad. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll fix him up. <clears throat> I'll get rid of these canes. Yeah. <laughs> so I got two of them, and I threw them right in the. We used to have wheat fields all around. Threw them in this oh. wheat wheat paddock, so he couldn't find them. <laughs> However. I didn't plan on him having a third one tucked away. <laughs> a <laughs> so reserve one. I, so I got shed flogged out of me with a cane and then we got kept in and and, to, and 
find out who stole his cane. Oh, see? shit, yeah. So anyway, they, they, he had to, had to write on a piece of paper who stole the cane <laughs> and fold it up, you know, and hand it to the teacher. And I didn't write anything on mine. I think there's 12 kids in the class. There's 11, 11 Terries and one with nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was chapter one, oh, chapter fuck. A of the punishment. Chapter B was when I got home. Oh, <laughs> I got a flog when I got home. Yeah, got it all. Yeah. Oh just, shit, that's funny. Uh, anyway, that's just a little. Oh, little, I love little that. Memory. But no, uh, good memories of school. Good memories, yeah. And yep. back in those days, Christmas used to have a Christmas like a uh, end of the year party sort of a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And back then they used to bring these big. Like ice cream, you never heard of ice cream in those days. You wouldn't have, you yeah. know. Like, like Mum used to make some ice cream in these little trays, like it was a real treat. Yeah. Be once every couple of months, Ideal Milk would make ice cream in the little trays in the Charles yeah. Hope fridge. Oh yeah, middle. you were saying that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But they used to have this big green um, padded sort of bag, about probably four or five foot uh, wide and about four foot high, and a big top on it. And had dry ice in it. Ah, it used to okay. get delivered there yeah. with the dry ice to keep the ice cream cold. cold. It's like no one had refrigeration. Yeah, of course. Those days, so it don't yeah. have power. Yeah, of know? course. So um, we used to look forward to our annual Christmas Christmas break up and the ice cream and yeah. a few goodies and uh, yeah, no, it was a good, you know. I mean, and that day, in those days, there was no crime. Yeah, that's what I could imagine. It would have been no one just... ever locked their houses. Yeah, yeah. We, it was a good law-abiding area. Yeah. No breaking in, there's no thefts, no cars being stolen. It was just a great, and, great and time to be brought up. It sounds like it, and like, yeah. and I could imagine too, like, no power in the joint. You guys weren't. No one was sitting there at night time looking on their phones or playing yeah. on the computer or watching yeah. TV. When the lights were out, yeah. the, when the daylight went, yeah. the lights were out. Was, yeah. What do you do? Go and, sleep. And and yeah, you know, sometimes and even later, like we used to play drafts. Yep. Like we never got and. and 500 cards. Yeah, 500, you know, we yeah, yeah. Like mum and dad and I and my sister would play 500. But it's still all family-orientated yeah, stuff. Yeah, like you're yeah. always doing stuff together yeah. with the family. So it's a and, real, um, real close-knit. Dad had a, a hot point radio. Okay. Yeah, which sure. was 6 volt. 6 and volt. And those days yeah. cars had 6 volt systems before the 12 volt. Yes, of course. Yeah, you know? that's right. And, yeah. and, and a 6 volt battery. And when he was in the war in New Guinea, he sort of got friendly with Americans and some of the, the, the baseball teams and that. Oh yeah, cool. And he used to, and had shortwave bands on it. Yeah, and yeah. He listened to the, listen to the. Uh, That's cool. Short, you know the baseball. Yeah, yeah. And him and I at times we'd love our cricket when the Aussies were playing the English, and it'd be broadcast by a fellow by the name Alan McGildray. Yeah. And he'd be telling us, you know, Davidson comes up and bowls, and then he'd add a little pen on a little bit of. A little bit of marble, he tap it, and that'd be the ball hitting the bat. Oh, really? Know, when he was yeah, re- yeah. recording his yeah, when he was recording it, so you get the sound of it. The bat, yeah. And uh, we used to listen to him, you know, through the night. They'd be playing in the night time, and we stay up late sometimes, listen to him, and that's crazy. Um, that's all just stuff that was everyday life. But it would have been, it would have um, been some great, it would have been some great times. It would yeah. have been some beautiful times. But um, then we got dad moved a house out from Dolby. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, which is a bit bigger home, nice home. Um, and we got what they call old 32 volt. 32 volt. Power. Yeah, right. And um, mum got, poor old mum, she would have had a broom and a mop. She got a 32 volt washing machine and like a vacuum, uh, not a vacuum cleaner, a polisher. Yeah, right. the old, she used to get down the hands and knees and polish the floors by hand. Wow. And she got this polisher. 
when we got this 32 volt. What was she? Well, she would have been Oh, stoked. she thought it was unreal. Then we got a, she got an electric, we had an electric kettle. Yeah. Bur- oh, what they called a Burko. Okay, yeah. And um, an electric mix master. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't think we had electric frying pan. We might have later on. Later on when – because that went on for a fair while. You used to have to run the motor every every night and every ah, day. Okay. And had a big bank of batteries. Yeah, sure. In, in a little shed there and you start the motor up. When you wanted power, you start the motor up, see? Yeah, yeah. And the night time when all the appliances turned off and that, you just had the batteries to run a few lights you had in the house. Yeah, sure. Well, then about 19 – oh, must have been the early 70s. Seven, almost 75, I suppose. We got what they call rural power. Okay. 240 volt, you know. It did. To the property. To the property, wow. Because then we got like a TV, first TV. And what would that have been? That would have been crazy. Was that like. Black and white. Yeah, was that for, like crazy for you, but Like oh, when yeah. you seen like, that, you're like, what the hell you know, is this? What's this? I've seen Neil Armstrong land on the moon. On oh, that old, wow. That old, we had an old um, Chrysler black and white TV. Chrysler. Chrysler. <laughs> and like that, you know, you're glued to. And and um, things like McHale's Navy and all these old, uh, these old, um, what's the name? TV shows. TV shows, all black yeah. and white. Wow. And, um, yeah, so that was sort of, that really lift, things started to move a bit then. Yeah, you know? yeah. Technology and, um, was coming through, advancements were taking yeah. place. Well, then I'd, I'd gone from, from the farm in grade um, four, grade five, I went into... What they called St Mary, uh, St Columbus Convent, Dolby. Okay, yeah, sure. And I boarded at the CWI hostel. Okay. Oh, you boarded. Yeah, boarded there. Yeah. Um, how so, long? How long was? How far was that from the property? Oh, twenty-three mile. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, I'd come in. They'd drop me in Monday morning, pick me up Friday afternoon. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'd Monday to Friday go yep. for the weekend. Yep. Help Dad mustering or whatever was happening, you know. But um, there's a lot of tales attached to that CWA oh, hostel and the convent, like like the convent, like had to wear like full uniform, yep. tie, hat, come to school, socks pulled up. And the first day I was there, and this, this is unbelievable, like some of these fellows who went to school, they'll just about fall out of their chairs when they hear that, hear this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was walking on this plank to go to the toilet yeah, and it was – Wobbly old plank and there's mud and water and everywhere. I slipped off the plank and I've landed in the mud. Oh. In the mud. Mud all over. Yeah. So my nickname was Slopper. <laughs> From day one I got the nickname Slopper. Slopper. What a name. A very good name, Slopper. <laughs> I was with mum on a Saturday morning uptown and the schoolmates say, hey, Slopper. <laughs> <laughs> They'd scream out, and I'd turn around. Mum said, "I wish you, I wouldn't call you that." <laughs> but but I used to, I used to, buddy. Didn't mind a bit of a fight. Yeah, and, did you? Did. Yeah, a bit of a, I don't know. But anyway, um, the nuns used to put if we were fighting in the schoolyard. Yeah. Okay, you two, and buddy. Uh, Put the boxing gloves on us. Oh, really? Yeah, I was only was nine. Yeah, yeah. Put wow. the boxing gloves on us. And um, a penny for the missions. They really? chose the other kids a penny, <laughs> a penny to watch the fight. Really? You know? Oh, shit. We'd get into it and uh, I'd give a few fellas a bit of a touch of one bloke. He'd <laughs> run away and I'd chase him for about 300 yards. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was all. <clears throat> and, uh, 
And they didn't mind dishing out a bit of penalty those nuns. Oh, I could imagine they would have. I've heard that. I heard the nuns. Oh, I've yeah. heard the nuns were usually more vicious than the bishops. Yeah, well, <laughs> than the priests. They they are very kindly. They're good people. But yeah. if you were extra naughty like I was a few times, uh, you got a bit of penalty. But it was in the school choir, grade yeah. five. And um, anyway, she said, "Sing sort of high dough." You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I went, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Sing low, do went, duh. <laughs> and, and she's walking around saying, who's doing that, you know? And, duh. <laughs> anyway, she went away and she walked in this other room and come in behind me. Oh, so she and, caught you. She got me. She oh, got me. no. She got me. So I had to go across to the Mother Superior and, yeah, I found out what the nuns had hiding under their habit there. <laughs> Bloody Christ. I got, I got a bit of that. <laughs> bit of that treatment. <laughs> no, they were, they were good educators and, and uh, at the hostel there because I actually was the only Catholic kid staying in this hostel, see? Okay, yeah, And sure. the rest of the kids went to the um, – you know, the public school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and um, anyway, they took my hat this day and you had to have your hat. Oh, okay. And they, they, they hid it and I couldn't find it. So I went to oh. school without a hat. I remember this nun, I think Sister Mary Angela. Yeah. I went and she said, where's your hat, Terry Hanley? Uh, I left it at home, sister, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, when you bring it to school next day, come and see me. Next day I found it. So I put it on my head. She said, now, for three weeks, you wear that hat in class, every day in class, and if a stranger comes to the room, you've got to stand up and say, my name's Terry Hanley. I'm wearing this hat in class because I left my hat at home. <laughs> oh, that tell you what. That so a, you had to do that? Yeah, for three, that was a, for three weeks. Oh, that was a shit. bit embarrassing. It would have been. Oh, jeez. Oh, they, they really put it – they really <laughs> – Put ingrained it in you to bloody keep your hat with you, hey. <laughs> yeah, Holy smokes. And, and your uniform, but yeah. But they were good. We had a sister, Mary Lucy. She just played rugby league with us. Did she? And, she and, played and it. We could never catch her. She had really? The, she, she was in full habit, rosary beach swinging. <laughs> she, she said, Yeah, she's trying this little fellow for football. Try and catch me. You never catch her. The, oh, Christ, she could run. Oh, shit, yeah, that's funny. Know, the wool of gear on, you know. Yeah. She'd hold her buddy. Have it up a bit and way she'd go. <laughs> That's a little fellow trying to catch her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's well, funny. Another story there. Mum used to give me um, two bob um, pocket money. Yeah. And I think, yeah, two bob for the week and I had two bob on Monday to buy a tuck shop. Okay, yeah, Because sure. the hostel supply of lunches and that. Yep. When we're there. Anyway, it was a store called Furness's Store and, um, and I used to get a pie – and we used to go to the convent and then you'd get a cup of cream chicken soup. It's oh, hot hey. cream chicken soup. Yeah. It was pretty cold down the Darling Down. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. I got this pie and I bit into it. Oh, that doesn't taste too <laughs> good. <laughs> so I got, I prized the lid off it and here's a whole mouse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a whole mouse in me pie. Holy shit. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I showed everyone, oh, God. Anyway, so, you know, that was, what would it be, nine? Yeah. I probably didn't eat a pie until I was about 40. <laughs> I don't If you're ever with me when I'm having a pie, Ugh. I always pull a pocket knife out and I prize the lid <laughs> off that bloody pie. Wow. And I check him out before I take a bite out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I learned hard on that <laughs> mouse in the pie. Holy but shit. It, to, to his credit, he was nicely cooked that mouse. <laughs> 
just a little chewy, yeah, wasn't it? Just, they just sitting nicely, nicely in there. Yeah. Look at you, like enough, just, yeah. just enough to notice it wasn't right. He was having a, he was having a bit of a camp in there, and he oh, hit, must have hit the oven. He, he, oh, that's oh, bro, that, would, that would turn me off too. Uh, Holy but, shit! Uh, but anyway, oh. so that was probably one story, some Columbus story. But I've got a lot of them. But I'll probably go back to the hostel. Yeah. Some good mates there. Yeah, yeah. There's always a matron. Yep. Uh, um, and then a husband worked there well, most times. Yeah. Um, and there was a um, – and, and it was boys and girls. So there was yeah. girls down one end, boys down the other end. And anyway, um, and I was always up to up to practical jokes, see, so like the the ladies used to make your lunches for us to oh, take yeah. to school yeah, and sure. write your name on it. Yep. And, you, and that was, like, it was good food in that there. Everything was good, good beds and good food and good, we had good mates. And anyway, uh, there's this lady, Mrs Ensor. She was a lovely lady. I don't know what possessed me to do this, but she used to leave these furry sort of slippers outside a room in wintertime. <laughs> yeah. had the fluff around the top. Yeah, the fluff around yeah. the old grandma's slippers. Sort of yeah. <laughs> so I got the slippers. I put it in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing was said. Yeah. So, and I was expecting a bit of a, at breakfast time. Yeah. Because no one else knew I put... The slippers in there. Yeah. I thought. <laughs> anyway, I get to school and, and there's my lunch, nicely filled with greaseproof grease paper, you know, yep. lovely. Terry on NAI opened that nice, nice, neat sandwich, beautiful sandwich, and I took a bite into it. Oh, couldn't bite it. Mm. I had bread and newspaper <laughs> for my lunch. <laughs> Two sandwiches of bread and newspaper. <laughs> And cut as neat as could be, like the neatest could be. Wow! So anyway, uh, I didn't. I didn't say anything to anybody. <laughs> she said, "Well, I've got me man, yeah. but no one else got bread and newspaper. No one else got bread and newspaper. What did you hey. get for that? I was the only one that got bread and newspaper. <laughs> so it was so she, she oh, knew I was the one that hit. The, oh, that's brilliant! That is brilliant. <laughs> the in, oh wow, that's brilliant. Oh, Sounds yeah. like they had a good sense of humour too. At the same time, mate, like they. That oh. must have had a bit of. That oh yeah, no, she was good. Yeah, there's an old fellow before there. He, um, I, we used to go from. I think from. Oh, it was seven thirty, I think, to quarter to nine. You had to do your homework in this oh, yeah, in the okay. kitchen area, yeah, in the you know where your dining area sort of thing. Yeah, and you all sat in there. You couldn't talk. You had to do your homework and your study or whatever you wanted to do. And I used to do these little cartoons, see. <laughs> I'd pass them around to the girls. <laughs> anyway, I've got this little cartoon. I've done a little pencil sketch of a pram. Yep. You know, wheels and four little heads in the pram. Oh, four right, little yeah. heads. Yeah. And a mother pushing the pram, see. And I've got underneath it, the doctor forewarned me. Okay. The doctor forewarned me, see. <laughs> Four babies, see. And I thought that was the funniest little joke. I thought that was a good one. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it was a good one. And I passed around, and all these girls are giggling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, this bloke, this fellow, this Don, I won't say his surname, but um, he said, What are you laughing at? And anyway, he got it. And who did this? And, oh, yeah. Al Morgan's here, put his hand up. So he took me outside and he. He got the bloody cord off the lawn, the Victor lawnmower. You know, they oh, the, yeah, the, cord, the pull yeah, cord. Yeah, pulled, flogged the shit out of me. Legs Holy with the shit. Cord. <laughs> so I sort of desist from doing any more cartoons in the classroom. 
Holy Another shit. time, he used to sneak around looking in through the windows, see? Yeah. Night time, see, it was at um, 9, I think 9.30. <clears throat> he had to be in bed, lights out at 9.30. Yep. And he used to sneak around looking in to see if there was anyone running around or doing anything wrong, you know. Anyway, I heard a bit of a noise. I said to the other boys, someone's outside there. And I walked up, I'm looking out this window, and this fellow, he's looking in. Like your <laughs> really? both faces. We got their nose just about pressed together. Frightened the hell out of me. Yeah. Probably him too, but and I said I said said his name, you sneaky old snake. I said <laughs> You come in there like a skyrocket. Did he? And he bloody flogged me too. Oh god. Because I called him a sneaky old snake. Oh god. Jeez, you cop some floggings. Another time. Another time, oh, we decided, was, you know, those days, Guy Fawkes night with the big bungers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. had this big, these sixpenny bungers and and the old toilets, there was two toilets outside with the old tin urinal outside. Oh, yeah. Open yeah. top on it and that. Yep. So we thought we'd we'd see how long a candle took to burn down and the candle connected to these two <laughs> sixpenny bungers to see what's, how it sort of a noise it'd make. Yeah. But unfortunately for us... It, I don't know, it went off about 3.30 in the morning. Oh, shit. It sounded like bloody the bomb that hit Hiroshima, the noise that it <laughs> mate. Well, I woke up half the town. Oh, no. Everyone in the streets, all, fire brigade, police come oh, right. no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, you shit. Never had, like, oh, my God. That was the biggest bang. And uh, <laughs> there was a little bit of strife about that. No, no there was no police action or anything. But no, no, no. We just told not to be. Such naughty boys in the future. Because <laughs> there's no, there was, there's about 18 boys and no admissions, I tell you. We, oh, I love we that. Weren't, we weren't owning enough, no one's owning enough. We thought we might, get, we, we might be, there might have been a hanging going on. <laughs> we, we the public one. <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus, it sounded like you got up some, some, but it would have been good times, good mischief. It was, you know, it yeah. was really good. And it was harmless times. stuff, too. You know, like, um, went to the Christian Brothers. Yeah. Um, Where was Christian Brothers? Is that in, the, in Dolby? I built a brand new one in Dolby. In Dolby, yeah. And 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 all the boys went to St Mary's Christian Brothers. Okay, yeah. And the sure. girls stayed at the convent. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I know Dad cut a lot of dirt with his uh, grain truck for the, the football over on that. Oh, uh, yeah. He put a fair bit of time into that and helping yeah. out and and uh, those Christian Brothers. Oh yeah. They had those little bloody leather straps. Oh, they had the big ones. <laughs> well, they, they, were, they were brilliant bloody teachers and very good, you know, very yep. smart, very good, very good to us. Um, but this leather strap, my God, when it come out, oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the name? I was in the class, in the, out in the paddock one day there in the grounds and and there's a couple of fellas getting around. They walked up. One bloke could talk to you mm. and get your attention right up. Another bike, get on all fours behind and push you over. Oh, yeah, yeah. You go to yeah, the back, get her, yeah. hit the ground. As I said, I used to, buddy, I, I didn't sort of hang back, but yeah, this kid, this kid is talking to me, and the other fellas behind me pushed me. I saved red, and I went, hit the ground, and I got up, buddy, like Cassie's clay. I was going to kill him. So I bounced a few off this fella just in time for the Christian brother to see, oh, shit. see me hitting this bike, yeah. you know. Well, you know, he, he he gave me six with his strap and, oh, he probably put a bit of effort into it and um, that was the principle. <laughs> and uh, he said, now, Terry, do I, do unto others as they do unto you. 
Yeah. I said I did, brother. Well, they give me another. <laughs> they give me another bloody sex. <laughs> I get some more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we used to have a kid that, um, in the class. He's looking always looking outside, the, looking out the window, looking out the window. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we had a Christian brother, and he'd say to this fella, I'll call him B. Yep. B, if you keep looking out the window, he said, you won't learn anything. Well, looking out the window, you learn it in the class, looking up here yep. on the blackboard and what I'm doing. You won't learn anything looking out the window. Because then morning tea had come or smoke or whatever you call it. So right here, kids, out you go, boys, all boys college. And <laughs> you can sit there and watch the kids <laughs> play out in the, in the playground, you know. Yeah. You, you, you can watch them playing out there while you're in here. Yeah. So anyway, cut a long story short, 50 years down the track, <laughs> this fella become a, uh, a Queensland Rail engine driver. Oh, wow, yeah. Which okay. his father was. Yeah. And he sent this motor miner a photograph of him. Looking on the track, you know, <laughs> looking through the window of the train. Yeah, yeah. And he said, the brother said that I'd never make anything of myself or bloody do any good with my life if I looked out the window. He said, do it every day. Every day. You know, the week out, I'm making big money looking, <laughs> looking out the window. <laughs> That's so true, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. funny how that stuff yeah. um, ingrains in them, hey. Yeah. Uh, people yeah. remember that sort of shit, yeah. eh? Oh, There's gee, another fella. This is a good uh, – uh, the fellow sitting beside me, Bernie Hogan, poor old Bernie, he's a good fellow. Yeah. I'll mention his name. He had a few <laughs> brothers in the police force. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's another fellow there, Dirty McDonald. And, and, <laughs> not, like, not like that name, Dirty <laughs> Yeah, Dirty, Dirty McDonald. <laughs> and we had to learn this poem. And anyway, um, Dirty McDonald, <laughs> he had it written on toilet paper. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> to, to remember, you know, yeah. reciting over and over and over. Anyway, <laughs> Dirty goes in the toilet, like my toilets at school there, and he leaves his, his toilet paper <laughs> sitting on the, on, the, on the sink, you know. Yeah. And, and he says to Dirty, but he says, Dirty, do you know that poem? He said, almost. He said, well, do you want to? He said, I just wiped me bum with it. He <laughs> 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 just wiped me bum with it. <laughs> Oh, there you are. Oh, my God. That's the only copy yet. <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, geez. In grade six, within grade six, and Mrs. Ryan, she was a grade six teacher. Yeah. An old lady, a lovely old lady. And um, Paul Porter, who's still my best mate today, ring him just better. Oh, day. yeah. Oh, nice. Old Paul from Dolby there. And, uh, and, and she taught us a spell. Um, and she'd say, um, Piggyon, P-I-G-E-O-N, Pigeon, Piggyon, P-I-G-E-O-N, Pigeon. Yeah. So you knew how to spell Pigeon? Yeah. yeah. Piggyon. Piggyon. And, and Paul and I, over, over the last 50 years, you know, 60 years, said, see any Piggyons around lately? <laughs> 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 he bloody Piggyons. <laughs> Piggyons. Yeah. Use that piggy on. Yeah. yeah, no, it's funny how that stuff stays ingrained in your hay yeah. even yeah. after all these years. Yeah. Isn't that funny how yeah. that works? I'll tell you another story. I won't yeah. mention this fellow's name, but no. <laughs> he was he was a lovely kid. But you know, he, he, you know, you say to him, you know, what's two and two, and he'd say five or six. You know, <laughs> or it might be seven. <laughs> you know? Anyway, he left school and he went to Mount Isa. Yeah, right. And I finished up 
which I'll get to later on. But I finished up working in the Northern Territory. Oh yeah, on a big yeah. cattle station there, seven days a week. I was getting twenty eight bucks a week. You know. Oh wow, yeah. Sure. You know, four dollars a day. Four dollars a day. Wow. And yeah. and real big. But we'll get to all of that later on. But this fella that didn't was probably the dunce of the school. Oh wow, yeah. Um, yeah. He was working as a contract miner. Oh wow. In Mount Isa. Shoot. And I met him in Mount Isa in nineteen seventy, I think. Yeah. And uh, I said, "What are you doing?" Nearly said his name. What are you doing? <laughs> and he said, um, "He said I'm contract mining." And I said, "Oh, is there any money?" And he said, "I get, I, I clear about seven hundred a week." Holy smokes! Back, back then, you know. Yeah. And I think the last time I heard of him or someone, he said he had had six or eight houses in Mount Isa, which he owned, and far you know, out. And a uh, guy, uh, I was a smarter one. I was getting <laughs> four dollars a day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's all those little things you sort of it, it just it blows your mind, doesn't you, it? You remember, you know, yeah. like um um what's her name? Um Yeah. So this oh yeah. Um no worries. Well we'll probably um move on a bit from there. Yeah, no, that's um, fine. Yeah, so I you... sort of left school and yeah. this is a bit of a tale. Yeah. Um in those days your marks, your um grade eight marks. Yeah. Uh, uh, or your junior marks, probably yep. it was a junior, junior which yep. is grade 10 these days. Yeah, sure. was printed in the Courier Mail. Was it really? End of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah, and have, um, you know, um, uh, Brycey Perry yep. got seven Cs. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. cool, wow, yeah. yeah. Like Terry Anley got um, uh, three Cs, a B and two As. Sort of. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And it was yeah. printed with your name beside I didn't realise that. And it That's came out then. Public knowledge. It, 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 public knowledge, remember yeah. to look at. Wow. Yeah. And um, we were at Harvey Bay on holidays. Yeah. And there was a big flood in the Mary River. Oh, yeah. And yeah. all the phones were cut off. Yeah. And that was the day the results come out. <laughs> I was on holidays at Harvey Bay. <laughs> Everyone else in the whole wide world... <laughs> Knew what I got for for junior, <laughs> except old TJ. I'm stranded with no phone contact. I think it was two days, or really? three days before I got my results. You know. Wow. How'd the, you go? Uh, yeah. Um, A, four Bs and two Cs. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. That's all right. That's all right, yeah. That's yeah, no. good. I liked my school, but, you know, I was, I was um, everything I've ever done in my life, I've had to struggle and work for. Yeah, sure. I had to write stuff out and, yep. you know, um, I've got a good long-term memory now, but um, like like Knuckles Bretto, he had a photographic memory. Yeah, yeah. Photograph, just unbelievable. And his mother yep. was probably better. Yeah, sure. She, she could read something on the computer and, Poof, uh, and, sort of and, and like training, all that. She'd, they'd teach it. She was miles ahead of everyone else because she'd, she'd read it yep. and she'd know it. She'd know and it. She'd know it. would be in there for good. And like Brett, he'd be coming up to – I'd see his – Exam results at the Taft College in Emerald, Old Knuckles, and I'd see 98, 99, 97% for all these yeah, subjects. Crazy. I said, yeah. How'd you get that? He said, Dad, I know. I know. I said, The night before, I said, You're going to do a bit of a study for the exams? No, I said, Dad, I know. I know the answer. I know the, not, I know the answers, but I, yeah. I know I know what, you know. What the general consensus is. And he'd get all is. these. Yeah. And I'd say to him, Well, what about the rest of the class? He said, Oh, Dad, you've got to get 60% to pass, I think. And he said, A lot of them don't pass. That's crazy. And that was his, his, his yeah. memory, you know? Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah great know? memory. Great memory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fantastic, hey? Yeah. We went to a cousin's place in the Gold Coast, big multi-million mansion place. I've been up there before, yeah. yeah. Nice place. Bonish, yeah. yeah. And the gate there was a gate where you pin in the key. Yep. And the gate slides open. Yep. 
We hadn't been there for about three or four years. And I got there and I said, I'll ring, ring Vaughn and get the number. He said, no, I know it, Dad. And he went, tuk, tuk, he had it in his head for three years, four years. <laughs> he got took 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 gauge for you. Too good for me, boy. Yeah, that's yeah, good, isn't it? It's good to know but, that. Uh, hey. But anyway, oh, yeah. So um, there's a pro- there's a million other stories there, but I can't bore you with all my. No, you're right, mate. But, that's all good. What did uh, you? What, so what did you do? After, what did you finish up at year eight, or did you keep going? No, high I went, no, I went to grade ten. Went to grade ten. Yeah, yep. grade ten. I got junior certificate, what they call that. Yeah. And um, then as dad always said, you know, you got to get a trade. Yeah. You know, then if you do, after that, do whatever you like. Yeah. And my old man, he's very progressive, <clears> pretty smart. I'll follow. He said, like tra- electronics or electricity. Oh, yeah. Electric, is, is the way, the the way to go, you know. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I had a job with um, uh, Department of Civil Aviation, which is Federal Department. Oh, wow. Civil Aviation. Yeah. 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 Um, I think Railways Apprenticeship, um, PMG Apprenticeship, and Apprenticeship with a fellow. Uh, Couchman was a local electrician in Dolby. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. I, I had that choice, those four, see? Yep. And Dad said, um, you know, he said, boy, you always give it the strength, you know, go for the best. Yep. So so I took on the DCA apprenticeship. Wow. In Brisbane, at Eagle Farm in Brisbane. Oh, wow, cool. And like I was only 15, 16, 15. And um, anyway, cut a long story short without any, any other about that. Uh, I did 12 months, didn't like it. Because mm-hmm. I was in the city, I yeah. hated it, and and I, and it was a lot of electronics. Would have been in a workshop with oscilloscopes and you know, and in All confine, pieces, confinement. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I couldn't see me spending the rest of my life. Yeah, even when I did, if mm. I would have qualified doing that for the rest of my life. Yeah, because I was a country kid and brought out about. In the I was going to say that. Imagine trying to you, you know, go from the yeah. country life. To to yeah. the urban life and all that sort of yeah. stuff, the, the change would have been a bit yeah, of a culture so, shock for you too. So I said I was I was going to leave and then there was what – between the Eagle Farm, um, there was a training college, DCA training college, then they had the stores and there was Airways, um, Airways office there where <clears throat> they give me a job because I was – Permanent public servant, oh, okay. Commonwealth public servant. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. So then, but I couldn't just leave as I had to do. Uh, anyway, they give me a job because I had 12 months of knowledge of, you know, capacitors and resistors and, you know, um, diodes and all that sort of stuff yeah. that we used for different jobs. And I went between the store and the training college. They wanted all this yeah. stuff. I'd go, I knew what I was looking for, you know. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. was a go between mm-hmm. Airways, Airways Engineering Office. Anyway, I did oh, I'd done three or four months there and I, uh, I said, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. And then because um, Dad said, well, you can come back to the farm, always an option there. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I was allergic to grain dust. Were you uh, really? we, we had cattle. Yeah. Grain dust nearly killed me. You know, did choked, it really? Choked me up. Yeah, grain wow. dust. And so. Like a respiratory problem issue with it? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, choke up and wow. itchy and all that sort of stuff. But. But would choke me up. I'd be, yeah, yeah, yeah. wow, but, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that so I always wanted to be a stockman like Dad was. Dad was a very good horseman and that, and um, and um, so <clears throat> I went to a fellow by the name of Rutledge, okay, in primaries in Brisbane, yeah, and he used to employ jackaroos for all over Queensland, the whole of oh, Queensland. Oh wow, yeah, sure. And I got a job at Harden Park Station, northeast of Blackhall. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. as a jackaroo there for what they call the. Mac- for the people called McLean Brothers. Okay. And they had um, stud short on cattle and they had about 
between they played about twelve thousand sheep and a couple of thousand head of cattle. Holy smokes! Yeah, and stud cattle and um, yeah, I um, I went from uh, DCA to there. Wow! And and uh, then what was that transition like? You loved it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Suited yep. you a lot better, but yeah, I, I did. You know, but uh, they had sheep. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, yeah. And I learned a lot about sheep. Did you? So we learned it from there, which held me in good stead for later on in my stock squad career. Yeah. You know, drafting sheep yeah. and identifying sheep and all the different types and breeds and how to actually muster sheep and put them through a yard and that, oh, which okay. is, is really a, it's an art in itself. You know, is it really? If you're a cattleman, you've never worked sheep. Yeah. You know, you just want to bloody get a gun and shoot a lot of them. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's bloody <laughs> sheep. You know? But anyway, I, I I did about eighteen months there. Yeah. And um, and what's the name? A lot of funny things happened there, like Alex McLean. You run everywhere, yeah. you know. I wore out a pair of T-boots in six months. Really? Like he'd back then, he had some horses there, but I'll tell you a bit about that in a minute, but he'd put a mob of sheep together at a, at a water facility. Yep. There might be six or eight miles out from the from the um, homestead, shearing time or crutching time. Yep. And he'd give me two dogs and uh, and he'd leave a mutton sandwich and a billy can under a gidgy tree halfway back. Wow. And, and I'd be on foot all day, you know, yeah. driving these bloody sheep in on foot. No motorbikes or nothing like that. They'd yeah. do everything on foot. Yep. And uh, the, in the horse paddock, when we'd use horses with the with the cattle a few times, um, there um, the, from the homestead to the end of the horse paddock was a mile. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. A mile long, mile which long. is so many... Um, Oh, 1.6 or something. 1.6 kilometres. Yep. <clears throat> and there's a lame mine. Sorry. You're right. It's good. A lame mine in front of the. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. A lame mine in front of the um, homestead. Yep. Uh, and the horses run up the lame way and round the corner into the cattle yards. Yep. And then they used to be wintertime, they'd be hiding right down near the end of the horse paddock. Yeah, sure. And because as soon as they saw me. <laughs> Yeehaw, he's galloped flat. <laughs> really? And I'd have to run. Really? As I could for that mile yeah. to um, to block them up because they did kick up and bloody fart around the yards uh, and then yeah, come yeah. back out again. Yeah, yeah. And if I course. went at the end of that lane yeah. to block them up and get back, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to go around the paddock again. Oh, uh, yeah, start all over again. <laughs> oh, oh, oh wow. yeah, So I learned to run pretty bloody. I was fit as a man. I was going to say, you would be fit. You'd have I to could be run down. Fit. I could run down little pigs, you know? Yeah. Catch a little pig, run them down on foot. Yeah. Like, I was, I was bloody fit. And that farmer's strength and fitness is a real thing, hey? Yeah. Especially you know, when you're like, doing that daily. Like we'd get up in the morning, like, um, quarter to five, you have a cup of tea and a bit of toast. You know, five o'clock. Yep. And we go out, and, but this is why they worked it there, like on Harden Park. You, you did all your jobs, milked the cow, fed the pigs, you bloody run around or whatever you're doing. And eight o'clock breakfast was. Yes. Yeah. And then um, had breakfast, and you know you went about your business all yep. day. And um, yeah, no, she was a big day. And no, it was Ida McLean was Lex's um, uh, uh, wife. And his mother was the Wills, okay. descendant of the um, the Wills. The Wills is from Kalnaringo there. Yep. At, where the Wills massacre was out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. descendant of them. Yeah, his wow. Ma- his mother was, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And, and Gordon, Gordon McLean and Lex were, their mother was Wills. Ah, And they okay. took that place up in um, uh, uh, 1900 and, uh, 
19, I think, or 17. 1917, yeah. I think. Yeah. Wow. And um, they used to get they used to get a North Queensland Register paper, Longreach Leader, and the Country Life. And the magazine book called the Pastoral Review, which I think came out once a month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when you read the papers, mm-hmm. I used to read like I was. I wanted to learn all about the pastoral Get industry. Get into it. Yep. <clears throat> and um, and when you finished it, you put them in the office. You laid them there. Yep. And he had the papers there from 1917. Every paper. Holy smokes! Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Unreal. Kept them. Oh, that's crazy. And uh, he had an original copy. One of the few copies of. Major Mitchell's diaries. Really? And he had this library there. I used to read a lot. Well, I still read a lot of history and I, I just loved them. And then he had an encyclopedia. set of encyclopedias was A to Z of the pastoral holdings uh, in Queensland. Wow. And, um, <clears throat> and you could read right back and they went back to up to 1917. So we'll say... Um, um, I'll say um, Lansdowne Station. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <clears throat> it was taken up by by Lansborough wow. in uh, eighteen eighty six. Wow. Whatever. Um, at the time, he had had two faithful servants for this one and this one, and um, four Aboriginal uh, stockmen yep. and two Chinese shepherds. Wow. His first wool clip was ten bales of wool. Yep. Uh, which he put on wool wagons and carted them to Rockhampton. And wow. just brilliant history right up to 1917 when, yeah. And, wow. And even the names yeah. of the people. Cooks and, yeah, mate. That's unreal. I, I tried to get a hold of them, but, yeah, they, they went astray a bit there. Ah, oh, that's Up a shame. The old fella died, you know. Ah, oh, okay. Jeez, yeah, I hope that stuff got preserved, eh? Yeah, I do too, you know. Like, you don't want to hear that stuff just getting oh, thrown yeah, out or yeah. destroyed or put away or whatever. Of course, a lot of it does, but... Yeah. Well, that, you know, that's yeah. the whole point of this stuff, man. That's to, to preserve some yeah. of that history that people I've, hear. I've, I've got one naughty story. <laughs> a little bit. I'll tell yeah, tell me, tell me, tell I me. I apologise to Knuckles for telling this one again, but <laughs> when we were right. there, there's an old cowboy by the name of Bluey um, Shevenin. Yeah. And he did the he did the gardening and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The old fellow was a good stockman in his time. Still used to ride a bit. Yeah. And he lived in the uh, men's quarters there, a couple of little quarters and then there's a shearer's quarters that had two septic toilets. Okay, yep. On the end. And um, they used to use them all year round, those toilets. Yep. Well, then come shearing time. Yeah. And we had, I think we had uh, it was a five or six board stand. You had six shearers, you had your wool presser and your rouseabouts. Oh, and yeah. your yep. boss of the board and, your, and all, all them, you know. And they camped there in the shearer's quarters. Yep. And they used this, these two septic toilets. Okay, so. yep. Anyway, after a couple of days, these septic toilets are blocked up. So, <laughs> so I'm there in blue and, and uh, the boss, Alex, says, now listen, Blue, he said, those septic toilets are blocked up. You have to go and unblock them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, and Blue said, now listen here, Lex, he said, I live here all, all year round. I shit here all year round. <laughs> No problems. He said, these big mongrel shearers, he said, they come here, eat like horses, he said, turds like footballs, <laughs> block up the septic, and you want me to clean the bastard up? You can get stuffed. <laughs> so guess who? 
had to clean the septic. Old Jack Rufolo, that old Murray follower. I had to clean. I had to clean. I just rake her out. Oh shit! Oh, that's funny. Dad's like football. Football. Dad's like football. Oh dear. There's another story. Um, yeah, oh, you know, a lot of funny things happen there. A lot of funny things happen. But um, yeah. What, um, uh, how long did you end up doing it out there? About eighteen months there. Eighteen months, yeah. But I was getting like <clears throat> in that period, I helped the stud groom take the stud cattle from um, from we did the Black Horse Show, the Bar Calden Show, and the Longreach Show. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, sure. And um, anyway, I won. At Blackhall, I won the young judges. They're short on cattle. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, wow. Well, yeah. Some of the, one of the best bloodlines in Queensland at the time. Um, uh, I won the young judges competition. Oh, did you? Good yeah, at, at Blackhall then, yeah. Judge, we had to judge. They picked out two of us and we had six heifers and we had to judge one to six. Yep. And why we judged this one, why we judged them. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool how they st- – I noticed that they still do that at the show here in town. Yeah, they do. It's yeah. cool that yes, they – that's yeah. cool how they keep that sort of tradition going. Yep, yep. No, you know? it gets – um, like I've, I've always been – like from what Alex – like old Lex wasn't a real good stockman, like that's what yeah. my dad was. Yes, but he was a brilliant judge of a beast. Yes, and 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 you know, and like you know, on that stud, they used to um, they used to cast trade or cut sixty six out of a hundred of the bull calves out of the stud. Wow, they got cut. They were what I used to call stud bullocks. Yeah, and the, and the other, you know, thirty three percent. Yeah, was was the um. They sold as stud bulls. Okay, yeah, sure. I said to Lex once, why are you so heavy on your cast and your, yeah. your young stud bulls? Yeah, you that's know? a good question. And he said, Terry, he said, I'll never sell a bad bull. Ah, like yeah. Like standards that high. That high, yeah. Okay, okay. that he was said, the percentage I'll, of them. I'll never sell a bad bull, yeah. you know. Oh, that's, but, that's um, pretty, pretty honourable. Anyway, I did the shows, Blackhall, and, um, yeah. and I went to Longreach. This is a bit of a funny story. <clears throat> The Walkers had Cumberland and Tara in those days, and the Santa Catrudas Bull, so the real, the big name, Santa Catrudas. Yeah. Big money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, Walker brother, Walkers. Um, anyway, um, I was camped in my swag in, in, in the stalls there with these. We had two bulls and three heifers, I think. Yep. Anyway, <clears throat> I was laying there, and through the night, there's a bit of bellowing. Brrr, yeah. There was something going on here, so I just sort of had a bit of a look. And there's an exhibitor had Murray Gray, yeah, Murray Gray cattle there for the first time. Oh, okay. little, little Murray Gray cattle, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's this um, um, stud groom or whatever position was. She's leading her Murray Gray cow over <laughs> for the Santa Catrina's bull <laughs> up on the Murray Gray cow. <laughs> and I just said, "Holy hell!" I just ducked out. Oh, I didn't want to see this. <laughs> But anyway, the next day, I'm walking over to get a, to get a bit of lunch, and she's um, she's coming back, and she got a cup of coffee in one hand. She had a little girl, and she had a hamburger or something in the other hand. And I, as I said, oh, you're trying to put a, put a bit of size in those Murray Greys last night, were you? Well, she let out a squawk, and the coffee went this way, and the and the bloody. Burger went that way and she took off. Is she? <laughs> Bloody, there's Lex Walker. I told his daughter. Yeah. She's out there now. She's sort of one of the bosses of the 
Longreach Stockman's Hall of Fame. I told her that last year. Well, she bloody laughed. She laughed and laughed. <laughs> Rosemary Champion was, was you know, his daughter. Lex, yeah. What's her name? Daughter. And I told her that story. Well, she thought that was the funniest thing, you know. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, mate. That girl, every she seen me, she'd take off. She, <laughs> she didn't want to see me. She didn't want to see me again. <laughs> oh, shit. How, uh, long, how long did you do that show set there for? Just for the length just of the for show. That, the length, okay, the show, yeah. yeah. And, and, was it, and then it was on the circuit thing, so they'd do the long It was a show circuit. Show we circuit. just did the local ones. Yeah, so we okay. just did Blackhall, Blackhall, Buckhall and, yeah. and, and Longridge. Longridge. Yeah. 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 There's a funny story. Um, when I used to go into – because the sheep station, even though they had cattle, you, you never ate beef. Yeah. Uh, and just this one got run over. <laughs> so was, and, yeah. uh, you had, like you had mutton, mm. you know, bloody – Three times a day, just about. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I used to go to town because we always had plenty of variety at home. Yeah. And Dad was a bit of an old beef eater and, and I'd go to town and I'd get a T-bone. Yeah, yeah. Big T-bone and chips, you know. That was, oh, wow. That was, yeah. a, that was a big deal. Have a big bit deal. Of, bit of beef, meal. Old beef eater. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but at the, the Greek cafe in Blackhall, um, there, was a, there was a deal there I never paid for my meals because the boss had just – They'd send him an oh, okay. account. Yep. I wasn't in town that much. It was yeah. very, very rare. But, but I walked in and they'd give me a wave and I'd, I'd sit down. They'd bring my T-bone up and I'd have it and I'd walk out, see? So I go to Barcaulden show. Yeah. Greek, Greek people at the Barcaulden cafe. With a T-bone. I, I went in, had my T-bone and just walked out. Yeah. Just not even. Oh, not even thinking about not it. Not even yeah. thinking <laughs> And I'm walking down the street, showtimes, everyone there. This creak is, come on back, you didn't pay for your, your meal. You run away from it. I said, oh, mate, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I got plenty of money on you. Oh, why didn't you give it to me down the street? And everyone's looking. Look, those little mongrels run away trying to get out of pain. Because you're just so used to it. You know, so used to it. Yeah, yeah of course. Oh, I felt embarrassed. I go, uh-huh. like, Look at this little mongrel. He's running trying away. to run away from yeah, <laughs> paying for paying his bill. You know? <laughs> Getting a free meal. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, I suppose you would be used to that, but if you yeah. you know, yeah. it's totally innocent, eh? Yeah. No, I know we like they were like Mrs. McLean and Lex. They were very good to me. Were they? They, they looked after me. I'd just tell another quick story there. Yeah, go for it. There's a fellow by Tommy Scanlon. I'm reading him in, in, in his latest book about agents. Yeah. He was a manager in. Um, primaries in Blackwell at the time. Okay, yeah, sure. And he used to come out and um, uh, buy the bullocks, these stud bullocks, yep. these beautiful bullocks, you know. And after the deal was done, they'd come back to the house and Mrs McLean would be there and she'd have the silver service and yeah, and, and she'd have a couple of big tallies of beer, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So, and she had these beautiful big crystal glasses like wine glasses. Oh, wow, yeah. So she'd she'd pour the beer out in, into the glass and I think sometimes Bob McIntosh was there, the other livestock buyer and there was Lex and... <laughs> Her and I was there and, and, and she'd pour this beer and she'd pour it about an inch and a half from the top of this glass, you know. Yeah. Then she had an ice bucket with <laughs> with a set of tongs <laughs> as she's putting the ice block of ice cube in each glass of beer. <laughs> and she said, keeps it cold, you know, keeps it cold. <laughs> these old cattle miners look. <laughs> he put ice in this beer. Oh, yes, that was good. Yeah, that's uh, great. She never knew. No, she never told her. And she was never, she never sort of, she never knew that she was doing the wrong thing. Yeah. She just keeping it cold. Yeah, of course. Keeping it cold. So. My darling. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, at Blackhall, 
there was a mailman there by the name of Gordon Lawson. Okay, he yep. used to work for Fitzgerald's Transport. Yeah. bring our mail out a couple of times a week. The funniest man, an old drover fella. Yep. Um, I think there's a policeman in town, his wife might have been his daughter. But anyway, he uh, he always tells the, the scandal from in town what was going on, you know. And uh, anyway, he came out once and uh, Paradise Towns was next door. Okay, yeah. And um, these Benson boys and Stewie Benson's still out in that country now. He's got a sort of like a museum. Oh, wow, cool. And uh, Stewie managed – actually, I'll go on with another story there. He managed East Lynn next door to Harden Park where I worked. Okay, yep, yep. And um, – Anyway, uh, yeah, Stewie is a bit of a larrikin. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, we'll go back to Gordon yep. and these boys. And he said, um, he said, you know, he said, those Benson boys, first thing in the morning, the yeah. managers away, they'd run all the stud bulls in. Okay, yeah, sure. Put a, a girth around them <laughs> and they'd buck them out, learn them. <laughs> Fraction for the radio. Oh, for the radio, yeah, yeah sure. for the radio, yeah. come on. Yeah. So, and the same old balls every every morning. <laughs> First job was run the balls in, bark them out. And bark. <laughs> anyway, and this buddy Gordon said, you know, he said, Paradise Downs, he says, the only station in Queensland where the stud bulls have got girth galls. He's girth galls. He's a funny man. So I told him I was, I was leaving, I was going to the Territory. Okay, so. yeah, sure. And he said to me, he said, um, geez, he said, Terry, he said, there's a lot of smart men in the Territory. Yeah, said, right. Oh, yeah. He said, there's a lot of smart men in the Territory. You know? Oh, yeah, he said, a lot of smart men in the Territory. And he, he set me up, see, and I said, <laughs> well, why, well, how's that, Gordon? Have you been up there? He said, no, he said, I've never, I've never seen a smart bastard come out of there. He said, <laughs> <laughs> they must be all still up there, <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> I, I had this old saddle and he said, boy, you're going to have to update that saddle if you're going up, <laughs> up there into the stock camps, he said. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you make the change? Why did you want well, to change? Was it just a change well, of venue or like no, scenery? No, not or? really. No, I, did, I liked it at Harden Park, but as I said, sheep. Um, mm-hmm. Just give you, I didn't say before, but when I got there, um, like so were all hard times, old fellas. Yeah, okay. And he said, we've got to wig the ewes, you know. Yeah. There's about three, 4,000 um, ewes, all pretty well stud-bred ewes. Yeah. And you wigged them and I had to wig them with the hand shears. Oh, by, okay. By hand. By hand, yeah. Yeah, so I had to put 17 in a pen, wig them by yeah. hand, then, then, then jet them, you know. Yeah, of course. And um, by, one by one, one by wow. one, old boss had hold them. And uh, my wrist used to ache at night. I was going to say, they'd be from, fucked. You know, from bloody <laughs> clever, these bloody wool around the eyes, these poor old years, you know. But yeah. anyway, and I, sheep, I just, yeah, I wasn't real happy working sheep because yeah, fair dad, dad was a drover out of the Gulf for a while and he was a good stockman, a real good rough rider. And, yeah. And, and I just, I wanted to be like dad was. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I wasn't going to do it. Footsteps, yeah. I wasn't going to do it at Harden Park there. Yeah, that makes but sense. A great deal. Yep. A, lot, a lot of knowledge I learnt there I still keep today, you know, yeah, I, I, and I treasure it. And they were good good old people. They treated me like a son. Yep. They were good to work for. So anyway, I, I go to Brunette Downs. I, uh, I'll, just, I'll just go probably a bit about Brunette Downs. Yeah, of course, definitely. Um, it was 4,760 square miles. 
Holy smokes. Oh, without an outstation, just one station, no outstations. Wow. Massive. And uh, when I was there, I run about 90,000 head of cattle. Holy smokes. You know, 90,000. But the early history of um, uh, one of the most famous early explorers uh, was a fellow by the name of Nat Buchanan. Yep. Uh, in my books, he was the king. Yeah, uh, okay. Nat Buchanan. Nat Buchanan. Um, and the Aboriginal people at the time used to call him Paraway because you come from Paraway, you know, a long yeah, way away. Yeah, a long way Paraway, away. Yeah, Paraway, yeah. Old, old. yeah and well. Ted Egan sings a song about Paraway. Oh, really? Sings a song about wow, Ted, that's cool. Northern Territory and Northern Territory um, songwriter and that. Yeah, sure. Singer. But anyway, uh, Napier Kenner discovered it and it was taken up later on and, and um, followed by Harry Redford. Yep. Or Reedford, some people call him. He, he was one of the early managers of there. Yeah. And... Um, he uh, he um, had stolen about uh, three thousand, I think, head of cattle from Bowen Downs. Yeah, right. Holy shit! Which which uh, is north of Longreach there. Yes. Yep. And um, he pioneered him and a fellow by Lansborough, the explorer, pioneered. And these cattle were driven in a good season all the way from up north of Longreach, all the way down down the Cooper, down the Thompson, down the Cooper. And then down Streslecky Creek, down in, right down in New South Wales. Holy smokes! And um, and anyway, they were sold down there. But however, there was a white short on bull. Okay, and yeah. That's where you get a bit of bit of bit of local history there. Yeah, he was owned by the Archers out here at Grace oh, Station. Oh, true. Wow. Small and that world. bull, that bull had come from England. Mm-hmm. Right. You imagine. You imagine this. He come from England on a ship. Yep. And he might have got out here at Fitzroy River. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Came to um, Gracemere Station, then he was walked to um, Bowen Downs. Holy <clears> shit! Then he was stolen by <laughs> Harry Redford and these other fellows with him. Holy uh, shit! Followed Duke, Duke yeah. and anyway, they walked him all the way down. And this white bull, you know, he kept on following along. They kept on hunting him because he was branded yeah, he had the Archer brand on him. See, yeah, of course. And he kept on hunting him, and uh, he kept following along. But anyway. <clears throat> when he got down there, he sold all his cattle, mm. and then someone identified the white bull. Yeah. And meantime, they were tracking him up from up there, falling tracks right down all that way down into south, the bottom of South Australia. Wow. But anyway, cut a long story short, uh, they all scattered in different ways. He finished up. Uh, he had a hotel down in New South Wales. Yeah. Um, um, I just can't think of the place now. No, well, and then he got he got caught. Yep. He uh, got identified, and he went to the district court in Roma. Wow! And uh, the uh, jury, like a jury, yep. And this bull, he was shipped from Adelaide <laughs> all the way around to Brisbane. <laughs> and, uh, was he a witness? <laughs> he, he was the main exhibit. His exhibit, a hey, the white bull. He was the main exhibit. And he's gone from there. <laughs> yeah. I'd say he would have probably gone by train, not real sure of that, mm. from Brisbane to the Roma District Court as the exhibit. They wow. held him there, right? Yep. And then, of course, the jury say not guilty. Really? They said the, not guilty? The jury said not guilty and oh, the judge shit. said, well, ladies and gentlemen, the jury is a pretty famous case that um, I'm pleased it's your decision, you know, that it certainly wouldn't be mine, you know. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. and it become very famous, you know, this, this, this Nat Buchanan, who sort of place that they were stolen from. Yeah. And this Redford was there and he worked on Burnett Downs. Wow. And right back after that, I'm not real sure of the exact year, but he drowned 
crossing Cruella Creek. Did really? On Brown. Down, down's Harry Redford in, in the latter, latter years. Latter years, you know? yeah. And um, in, uh, and um, it was 19, hang on, work, he said, 1972, late 72. I was head stockman mm. of Camp 2 on Brunette. I was taking 3,000 wiener heifers. Imagine wow, a lot 3, of 3,000 of them. <clears throat> wiener heifers, a lot of bloody mounted men too. Crossing, there's the old Crella Yards. Yeah. Crella Creek Yards, big old wooden yards. And oh, we had a hell's own trouble yarding these bloody wiener heifers. <clears throat> anyway, we got them in there. It's just on dark and we're riding across to the camp and there's a, um, an old fella by name, Tommy Dodds, an old horse tailor I had with Yeah, him. sure. He, um, I said, what's that rock scattered around there, you know? Yeah. He said, oh, that's where Harry Redford's buried there on the edges Bullshit. Of, really? buried there. Wow. Anyway, in 2011 I went back yeah. to try and find yeah. the spot. Yeah. But now they have sort of some rails around it. Okay. And a, so they still got it marked there. Yeah, it's marked. But it wasn't then. It was just these rocks scattered wow. around. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And we found his old hut and his old horse shards. You're kidding me. Wow. I kept, I kept an old, a few old little bits of yeah, yeah, of course. little bits of wire from that horse yard, you know, but um, – yeah, he was very famous, Harry Redford, probably the most famous. Um, Robbery Under Arms is a book written by Ralph Boulderwood. Yeah. It's about, brought us about that story. Is it really? Stealing those cattle. And, and, and what a course, cool story. Like most people thought it was a great feat yep. to take cattle, all these cattle, all the way. And never, no one sort of, he hadn't been down that way before. Yeah, so he like pine- so, yeah, so he was a hero. Yeah. He was like a hero status. Like, yeah, like a like the anti-hero, like the yeah, vigilante. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, he, like, was, a, he like, was a he was a hero. And, <laughs> that's and crazy. Obviously, a brilliant horseman, brilliant yeah. stockman, uh, brilliant driver, and uh, he was just lucky that there were real good seasons. Yeah, sure. down the Cooper, and it's just lucky in the cattle it folded down. You know. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's really the early history of Brunette, followed by AJ White, very famous. Queensland cattleman, he owned it for a while and then it went into the White family from Gundawindi. Okay, yeah. Uh, the Gozo family and, and in the 60s, early 60s or late 50s, I think, King Ranch Australia purchased Brunette Downs and, um, from the Whites. Yep. And um, they, um, the, the King Ranch was owned by a fellow by the name of uh, Clayberg. Okay, yeah, sure. From America. From America. Um, and... and um, Clayberg had King Ranch, America had 80,000 acres and 80 oh, oil wells. 80 oil wells. Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. smokes. You can imagine the wealth. Yeah. And he was the founder and the father of the Santa Gertrudis breed. Oh, really? Okay. He bred, he bred a red bull that was um, five-eighths short on, three-eighths Brahmin yep. cross. Yeah. And his first bull he bred was a bull called Monkey. Okay. Yep. Called him Monkey, yeah. Monkey. And, um, <laughs> That's cool, man. That's Monkey, yeah. And... <laughs> At Brunette itself, because it was TB country, they had a thousand square mile double fenced in the okay. middle of the state, and all inside there was their stud cattle. Yeah, wow. Okay. And um, and and I've seen the biggest running W King Ranch from America cows there wow. I've ever seen in my life. And, really, and it's beautiful. And they were trying to introduce get all the short on herd. Crossed over and gradually built up a really good Seneca Trus herd. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. And I was in there, I was there sort of in that transition period. Yep. <clears throat> but I left Mount, I left um, Brisbane, flew to Mount Isa. Yep. And got on a plane called Conair, Connellans Airlines. Oh, really? DC 3. Oh, yeah, DC, yeah. 3 from Mount Isa, Brunette, landed there. So that'd be like the old tail. 
tail one or two, the tail tail ended on the plane. Had to go and lift uh, it up. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DCs, yeah. yeah. And um, arrived on a Sunday at Brunette there. Uh, met a few people, and next morning they said, um, um, "You got to be up three uh, thirty. You'll be on the back of a Land Rover, really? heading out to this this paddock, and um, uh, we'll we'll." See how you go, you know? Yeah, okay, yeah. Test so the out. idea was to test you out your <clears throat> riding ability, yep. how you caught a horse, how you saddle oh, a yeah. horse. Yep. And, <clears throat> excuse me, if, if you're good enough, yep. and then you go straight into the stock camp. Okay, radio. 3.30 in the morning, <laughs> dark, like, cold, <laughs> heading out to this turkey's nest where these horses are inside, waiting yeah. for us to catch them, just on picking any daylight. Anyway, that's all right. This Jackie Cotton... Yeah, he was. Uh, they used to call him Yellow Jackie. Yeah, okay. Uh, he was, he was the boss. He was the actual butcher there, but he was the boss. He would assess everybody that um, that came there if they were good enough to go into the stock camp. Yep. Or they stayed at the stud and did more stock work until they good good enough because, you know. So, anyway, I got um, uh, Jackie said catch that mare and I caught her and big tall mare and. Um, Saddle her up and they sort of watch watching everyone. And we're riding down this fence line and um like he's the loveliest man, Jackie Cotton, the loveliest man. Yeah. And um he said, um, I'm I'm holding this mare up, you know, she wanted to eat. Yeah, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. And holding her head up and and um anyway he he rode up, I was, you know, like you kick him along, come on, walk along, instead of eating. You got work to do, you know. And uh, he, he walked up beside me, on the road up beside me and said, yeah. Terry, he said, not much feed back there in that turkey's nest paddock. Ah, so yeah. give her a feed, you know. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I let, it, let the reins yeah. go and she fed along fed and along. Yeah. had a bit of a giggle. And I yeah. Said, yeah. I said, right, Jackie, no worries. I'll, I'll, I'll let her feed, you know. Yeah. So anyway, we chased these bloody bulls all around and yard them at the station yards and then um, in the afternoon we pulled our saddles off our horses and... Uh, and I said to him, well, how do I go, Jack? And he said, um, you'll be going at the stock camp tomorrow morning. <laughs> he said, yeah, straight out there. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's, it's uh, <coughs> pretty cool how that's how you did your resume type thing. Yeah. That's yeah. what you did, you know, you just yeah. showed your skills. Yeah, and, and like there was a lot of us, I think there was only about two of us that went out. Oh, really? They wow. They stayed behind. And yeah, wow. So then out to Camp 2. Camp 2. Um, Ed Stockman, Reg Anger. Okay, yeah. We come from the, the um, Dingo Drinker country. Oh, yeah, yep. Born and bred out of here. Yep. Big fella. He's six foot four, probably, I suppose. Big, ah, right. big rough fella. Tough fella. <laughs> <laughs> Good bloke. And, um, yeah, learned a lot there from from him. How old would you have been roughly then? 18. 18. So you, this is all this is happening you're only 18. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy, isn't it? How yeah, much of a yeah. life you've already lived yeah. and you're only 18. 18. Wow. And um, so they had a hundred and... We used to have about 155 horses, 156 horses in the plant. Yeah. And these are all hobbled up. Okay. Yeah. Um, with Aboriginal horse tailors. Yeah, okay. Put right, the yeah. hobbles on them and, 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 they, and the brunette horses were numbered. Okay. Yeah, sure. And, and um, Reg would say, uh, catch number 27 for Terry, you know. Yep. And um, I look at these, these, these Aboriginal stockmen and they all be giggling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> laughing and, and when you knew they were giggling, they knew that this horse was going to bark with me, you know. <laughs> like, like you say, yeah. them, you know, you always say, look, is this horse rude a bit? You know, and they yeah. say, 
They always say, a little bit sometime, eh? <laughs> a little bit sometime. <laughs> if you translated that to equals, a big bit all the time, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> you know, it has a bit of a translation. Yeah, 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 shit, yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, um, so I fairly smartly learned to hang up a bit, right, <laughs> right a bit, because if you didn't, you'd spend your day on the ground, you know. Yeah, but, uh, of but, course. But the um, stockmen were just brilliant. Aboriginal stockmen taught me a lot. Wow, that's awesome. About tracking, yep. throwing bulls. Yeah. Um, you know, just a lot of the brilliant skills, lovely people to work for. Yeah, awesome. To work, to work with. Yeah. Always happy, good-natured. Yep. Um, laugh, you know, they laugh, like a, you know. It sounds like you just had a great vibe out there, eh? Just oh, great, mate, you know, I great just, life I, out there. I never, ever... So the greatest time of my life was out there in the stock camp. Yeah. And we had a, you know, like there's a few white fellas there with yep. us. And um, one fellow, Maxie Ferris. Yep. I'd ring him every week, worked there together. He was a young fellow. I was a young fellow, come there together. And we sort of kicked into buddy, you know, stock camp. And, yep. You know, and, and like the idea was learn to handle large ca- like large numbers of cattle. Yep. Like two or 3,000 head was common sort of yard up. That's crazy. Branding. That's crazy. And um, the biggest mob I ever... When I was head stockman, I, I yarded 5,600 steers in one mob. Wow. At, at the um, uh, Big Hole Yard. Holy smokes. 5,600. 5, yeah. 5,600. Yeah, yep. Holy shit. And uh, we did all our branding in those days with the Bronco branding. Okay. With big heavy horses. Yeah. Uh, Pertrons and Clydesdales and ropes. Wow, yeah, sure. Catch the calves in the Bronco yards. Yep. Pull them up and brand them and castrate them. And, wow. Yeah, it was all it was all. It was all bloody hard work, but oh, you it would young, have been, mate. But it young been. and fit and yeah, and, and active. We didn't we didn't worry. Yeah, yeah, we just loved. We were getting experience. We were learning. You know, it was all it was all really good good experience. And as I said, you know they they taught me a lot. What was it like? Sun up to sundown type of work. Oh or yeah, was it? like yeah. before time. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I had to stop and later on Charlie Shan. You know, sometimes we'd leave the camp there. At, you know, four o'clock in the morning. Wow. Walk and trot ten miles before we bloody yeah. Did anything, you know? That's amazing. To get out to where you're mustering. Like, what was uh, how far were you from the closest town? Just to give people an idea, roughly. So, like, if Probably you Camerwell. Camerwell yeah. was the closest town, which should be. Oh, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's got to be 600k, probably. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and the other way was Tennant Creek. Yeah, was probably a bit less. Yeah, that's and, crazy. Uh, yeah, and when you went north, probably Burralula, which was God knows how long. Yeah, thousand something. Yeah. So just you know, just for the listeners to get a bit of an idea of yeah, like yeah. you know, get a bit of like it was a geographical went, sense. Of, you went west to Camel Hill and you went up what they call a beef road. Yeah. And and they sort of Alroy Downs and Brunette was the next place, but his homestead was in in mm. further. Yeah. 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 And what did you just do for the like your downtime? Like, what did you? Just... <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have any downtime. <laughs> yeah, no I was going to say like did you. Yeah. What, yeah. what we do, we come into the station on Saturday night. Yep. Uh, do a bit of washing. Yep. And get your mail or whatever. Yep. And we had to be gone. The stocking had to be out of there by five thirty Sunday morning. Wow. Because you'd be working all those. Wow. Days. Seven days a week. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. That's and then a great idea. Really, probably your downtime was the brunette races. Yeah. The station races or the like the area. Yep. Sure. Uh, which was over about a week. And you had a week. Yeah. But okay. In that week, you were. Doing stuff for the station. Yeah, yeah. Horses. Um, I'll, I'll tell a story there. Um, what's your name? The um, we did. Um, they had the what they called the stockman's race. Yep. And they had a big black horse called Ebony, and it was 
it was what they called drop starts, um, lined up, and they sort of threw their hand down, and go, you know. Yeah. And um, and I and they used to have these race horses on brunette that never got worked much until race time, and this big long legged big black horse could gallop a town down, but the only thing he wouldn't turn to the offside. <laughs> Bit of a problem with the racehorse. <laughs> when you've got to come around the bend and go down the straight to the offside. So this Jackie Cotton, he was trained us. And yep. He said, Terry, I'll put you on Ebony. He said, big, strong fella. Mm-hmm. He said, he, he win any race, but he said, what you got to do, he said, when you get the start, keep him on the inside rail and keep him behind the other horses. Yeah. Because they'll take him around the corner. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. And, and once you get in around that corner... Let him go. He'll, he'll, he'll beat anything on the station, anything yeah. in the district. Yeah. <clears throat> because everyone else knew this too, didn't they? <laughs> I'm swinging off this big bastard and we come up to the corner and they're all hanging back because <laughs> there's no outside roll. <laughs> I went out and did a big circle around the flat, lined him up, straighten him up and come down the straight. But it still comes second last. There's one fellow... Still one fellow bucking around behind me coming last. But I got I reckon I got more cheers than the fellow that won. <laughs> big on big ebony, yeah. Oh, I love that. That was right. That was, oh shit. But um How no. long how long did you end up spending it out there for? Yeah, I, was, I was there until um seventy two. Seventy two. Yeah, and then I I got in the end of six uh, in the end of seventy one. Um, or towards the end of '71, I was I was given this Reg Angus head stockman's job. Yeah, rightio. Yeah, and there was a fellow by the name of um, John Crane was the livestock overseer on Brunette. Yeah, okay. Uh, he went down to Kurabulka Station. He left King Ranch and went down to a big company called Napco. Napco managing Kurabulka. Okay, yeah. And he went down there, and then he was looking for a head stockman. Yep. And wrote to me and did want to come down. Um, I was getting <laughs> I was getting fifty bucks a week. Yeah, you got up from 28 to 50. to 50 to run the camp. That was big money. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. And then down there I could get, I think he put me on straight off on 75. Yeah. And my own house. And I think if you Should work it. Sundays with Queens, the Territory Ward was just open slather. Queensland Ward, I think if you worked a Sunday, you got paid on a Sunday. Okay. You paid Sunday pay, sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I came down there and um, I was there through till 76 when I um, – when I, I'll tell you more about that later on when yeah, I yeah, joined yeah. the police. But yeah, that will be uh, on the next episode. One, yeah, but yeah. but um, and that's why I sort of um, yeah I left there and, and, and sort of went to um, I went to Kurabulka Station okay. between Bully and Baduri. Okay, yeah, but sure. John Craney is the livestock manager there. Yeah, um, like Brunette was a massive place. Had about ninety six employees. Really, that many? That's including um, the whites and Aboriginal people. Yep. And that's women. There was housemaids and yeah, everything. And all, and some, not so much cooks, but um, their own saddler. Right. Their own saddler. Their own saddler. Yeah. Wow. Mark, Mark Newman was a saddler. Yep. Famous Mark Newman Pallies, Brunette Pallies. Yeah. Made his own saddles. Made hundreds of them. Wow. Um, uh, Mal Kirk. He was the road train driver. Yeah. Okay. Their own Mack trucks. So they had uh, a station store, which was groceries. Yeah. Sure. And an industrial store. Like windmill parts and pipes and wow. soldering and soldering all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, they had had a diesel mechanic and a petrol mechanic. Yep. They had uh, two bore runners. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you more about that when I did a bit of that. Yeah. Um, which did the northern side of the station and the bottom side. 
Yeah. Um, on a day's bore run, they do about 90 mile. Wow. Uh, and, and like start pumps, clean troughs. Oh, yeah, windows. sure. They'd run around all the bores or, and it was like on a, on a circuit type how thing. Many, how many would there have been roughly, you reckon? On bores? Yeah. It was 100 and... Uh, 147, <laughs> 147 bores on oh, Burnett at the time. No, I think when wow. I, I think when um, King Ranch bought it from the Whites, I think from memory there was about 46 or something. Oh wow! So they yeah. pumped another hundred plus. They put all yeah yeah. yeah. And, so another, you, and yep. would you do how 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 long did it take you to do that a day? That's one circuit, but one you, circuit. You did it for five days. Oh, five days. I was going to say, holy yeah, shit! Five. You did a different circuit every day. Yeah. Okay. One bore run did the southern end of the. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, really the western end, and one bore runner did the eastern. Yeah. End, okay. Eastern side. Oh yeah, side sure. Yeah. 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 But uh, then you had, um, I said, the two diesel mechanics. Then you had. Uh, oh, of course, you would have. Yeah. Diesel and a petrol mechanic. Then you had a, a handyman. Yeah, around the station, he did a bit of carpentry, a bit of plumbing, a bit of whatever. Mm. Then you had a gardener. You'd have to, wouldn't you? Yep. And then you had a, a station bookkeeper. Wow. And he had two staff in his office there. Then you had, um, then you had, um, like the well, I said, industrial storekeeper mm. and a station storekeeper. And then you had um, windmill experts. You had two of trucks. Course. Two yeah. trucks. Um, with three men in each, yeah, big Bedford trucks pulling pulling these big windmills, yeah, pulling the casing up and that, and um, there was three Aboriginal people in those in those two trucks. Did brilliant, you, brilliant windmill men, yeah, yeah. Did you um like? Can you imagine like uh the like I guess the Stormans were have, having to? You imagine like the the food run and all of it. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been like truckloads. Well, give you <laughs> an crazy. Give you an idea. Like the stock camps we had. We had a big aluminium caravan. Yeah, okay. Like with a gas uh, stove up one end. Yeah. And a good size fridge and cupboards and that. Yep. Um, and um, at the station, like Jackie Cotton was a butcher later on for a while. Yeah. Uh, he'd kill every afternoon. Yeah. He'd kill a big beast, a bullock or a cow, fat cow, fat bullock. Yeah. Every afternoon and two on Fridays. Wow. And at the time, there was a big camp. Of Aboriginals lived there at yep. at the station. Yep. And the, the station supplied them with beef. Yep. And um, the cook there, uh, Pommy Bob Falston, he used to make about eighty to ninety loaves of bread every morning. Holy smokes! And I'll tell you more about that as I was yeah. in there for a while. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> You know how yeah. to bake a loaf there. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I did. I learned <laughs> a bit there. And um, anyway, so they killed. And this is just, I'll go on and expand yeah, a little yeah, bit here. Yeah, definitely. This they is killed great. six beasts a day, a week, I mean, six a week. Wow. That's at the station. Yeah. Two mobile stock camps would kill usually one a week. Yeah, Sometimes sure. it might be a, a bit less It'd go when the meat run out. It might be, say, roughly one a week. Yeah. At two what they call contract uh, tailors or contract musterers. Yeah. And they killed, say, roughly one a week. Wow. So you got you got two, four, you got four, six, eight, and um fourteen. Fourteen a week. Holy smokes. You multiplied by fifty two. It's a lot of, it's a lot of beef beasts. that you're eating. That's yeah, just and they put it down, they used to call it rations. That was your rations beef. Wow. That's rations beef, yeah. That's so. rations. And that's on brunette, yeah, like Wow. And um and of course 
because we, 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 we got to give it to them. We had good food in the stock camp. Yeah. If you had a good cook. If you had a good cook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Did, so, you, did you ever have the experience that, that, of dealing with a shit cook? Well, then, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll get around to yeah. just after I arrived. Yeah. And Reg Angus, the cook, and as they did in those days, they'd hide a crack and they'd get a bit dry and they'd have to take off. Okay, so yeah. So Reg come and said, righto, you young fellas, I think there's four of white fellas. Young fellas, you've got to cook. Yep. You know, for about 20. Yeah. Um, week about, do a week, then for, yeah. anyway, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't cook, you know. I'd bloody just cook a feed for myself. So I got, went into Bob Falston, lovely fellow, history of the territory, Bob Falston, the cook yep. and brunette there for 40 years or something. Wow. Since King Ranch started. Yeah, okay. And, yeah. um, and anyway, he, um, gave me a CWA Bundaberg edition cookbook. Okay, yeah, yeah, CWA. And everything yeah. in there and, you know, if, you know, like it's down to the basic factors, if your water's not boiling, put it back on the stove for a bit longer. <laughs> like, you know, like this sort of thing. And, yeah. And, and I did a week, I, I did me week cooking, see, I yeah. did a couple of weeks actually. Yeah. But anyway, I and I got the cookbook and I said if you, my old man said if you can read, you can cook. Did you follow the instructions, you know? If you can read, you can cook. So anyway, so anyway, I want to make a good scone, eh? Well, yeah. In a good scone. So I um I had the I had a sunshine milk tin scone recipe. Yeah. I had the Bundaberg edition recipe and I had another recipe. And I couldn't get these scones to rise. So I like oh, bloody really? rock cakes. Rock cakes. <laughs> And I'd always bury me failures. I dig a hole and bury, <laughs> bury me failures. Bury, the bury failures. Bury me failures. <laughs> anyway, one day I was, and we had a dingo, a dingo fellow. I think his name was Ballard. Yeah. Old dingo trapper, you know. He used oh, yeah. to come around. Yeah. Yep. And he always knew when smoker time was on in the stock camp. <laughs> He'd turn up because he'd get, a, get something to eat for smoker and a cup of tea. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I'd made these bloody scones. And the last bit of the bloody dough Scone dough, I jammed in a saucepan lid. Yeah. Well, the rest were rock cakes. You need a jackhammer to cut them. <laughs> and this one, he rose about six inches high and is the size of a saucepan lid. <laughs> he's the biggest, fattest, tallest scone in the world, you know. Yeah. And I got this scone, you know. And he comes in and he says, oh. I said, oh, it's a scone. I said, yeah. I said, it's the only one I've got left. <laughs> I said, he... Jeez, he said, you make good scones. He said, I said, would you like some of the scones? I cut it up and him and I ate it. And I said, no, that's the only one left. And the only one that rose and rose like all the bloody bacon powder and bacon. Must have been all of that one bloody, bloody scone. And every time you'd see someone in the camp. That buddy Terry said, geez, he's a good scone cook. He said, he makes the biggest and best scones in the territory. Uh, oh, that's brilliant. But, uh, but anyway, there's, there's another story. And yeah, buddy, uh, uh, no, we, had, we had a lot of fun. Mate, and, that, uh, but I tried to feed them the best I could. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, the experiences of that, mate, they would make the best times like, uh, like know, we camped it, on the ground in the swag. Yeah, that's yeah, all you did. Yeah, in yeah. our swag, in our swag. It's and a lifestyle you'd be so used to. Like you yeah, get so yeah, and comfort. like it was tough. And and you know, like a lot of people said, oh, oh we didn't go out there. I wouldn't do that. Oh no, no. I said, well, it was, we we enjoyed it. We were young folks. Yeah, of course you were. And, and Reg Anger used to say, like he'd always say, 
if he wanted to hurry up, he'd say, chop, 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 chop. That means body step it up a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he'd call out daylight and, be, and you know, and he'd be only kidding because there wasn't much daylight about. <laughs> it was only a joke when he said daylight because that was a funny one. Yeah, There's yeah, no daylight. You get out of your swag. You always roll your swag. You always roll it every morning? Well, yeah, keep the snakes out of it. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah good call. Bloody hell for daytime. <laughs> yeah, good call, good call. In that lake country, in the Sylvester Lake country, death had us climb under your swag at night time. True shit. True story, true shit. Wow, yeah, You yeah. always down that country, you always slid your swag back yep. to make sure there's no death hatters on there. Ah, uh, okay. But, <laughs> but we had one fellow there in the camp, I won't mention his name, but his, his Christian name was Mick. <laughs> and, he, 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 and, and his rage is always up, he made Romney swag, see? Yeah. And we had these Bronco horses, these are the big heavy horses that pull the calves up to Brandon. Oh, okay, They're yeah, like sure. like Percherons and Clydesdales. Yep. And they were real friendly you know, they come up around and give him oh, a yeah. bit of bread or whatever. Yeah. And and this old this old big old horse he was up around about. And um and Reg said his father, roll your swag. And he didn't roll his swag. Yeah. And and Ruddy anyway, one day when his swag wasn't rolled, this bloody big bronco horse, he'd come in hanging around the camp for a bit of bread and he he bloody shit right in the middle of his swag. <laughs> right in the middle of it. There's a big pile big pile of horse shit on top of his swag. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, he rolled her up the next time. <laughs> yeah, fucking would have too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lesson learned. Uh, another time, mm. this is bloody, not even going, Reg, because he was a good fella. Yeah. But we were, we were yarding cattle up and there was a big mob of us. I don't know whether Maxie Ferris was there that day, but Aboriginals and, and white fellas. Yep. And, and he sort of had a bit of a habit of racing into the mob at the yards. Yeah, and sure. Scatter, and then we're trying to bring the cows and calves back and whatever because you're putting them there for big bronco yards for branding the calves. Anyway, and he, he was pushing them back and I got the shits with him. <laughs> I still had. Come out of there, you big jackery bastard, I said to him. And I was riding a little mare called Jake, little thoroughbred mare. Oh, yeah, okay. And he was riding a real, he's a big fun, riding this big young horse called Bungie, I think. Oh, nice. I, when I said, come here there, you big jackery bastard. Well, he's after me with the whip. <laughs> he's trying to <laughs> drop the bloody whip on me, see. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like Georgie Moore, hands and heels on this mare. <laughs> I'm bloody flat. And he's up behind me cracking the whip, cracking the whip. And he said, come back. And I'm telling get stuffed. I'm not coming back. <laughs> Get flogged, you know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I go out and you know, they yard the cattle and then it gets on because at night time they hobble all the horses up. Oh, yeah. The yeah. horse tailors, the Aboriginal horse tailors do a tremendous job. And um, anyway, I'm thinking, I've got to go and face this big bastard. He's going to punch me for 50 metres, this big girl, you know. <laughs> anyway, I, I went and, buddy, let my mare go and I hobbled her out and I carried my saddle into the camp and, and he was there in, in the caravan. He was sitting on a seat right at the back of the caravan. Yeah. And the cook well, the cook wasn't there. This is later. And uh, <clears throat> I walked up and I opened the door. And he said, your dinner's there. <laughs> and that's all he said. Your really? dinner's there. <laughs> well, thank Christ for that. <laughs> I tell you, I'd never seen a bloke eat his dinner so bloody quick that night. <laughs> 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 she was down the shed in about two minutes, I reckon, outside. Head of the swag. <laughs> that's all I said. And uh, yeah, the dinner, your dinner's there. I thought, oh god, what, yeah, he what, was a good fella. He was a good fella. What yeah. did your dinners mainly consist of? Was it that like a beast, like a like beef and yeah, yeah. bread and stuff like that? And yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you had a good cook, they'd cook all, all kinds of stuff. It's all beef dishes. You never saw much, um, like you never saw much mutton or fish yeah, or, yeah. or chicken. Like, yeah. It's all beef. It's all beef. Yeah, but 
you know, cooked different. Well, we had a hell of a lot of salt beef, corned beef. Oh, yeah. Salt yeah. beef. Yeah. Um, dry, we always dry salt their corned beef. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, if you had a good cook, you, you live pretty well. What would you What would you eat during the day? Like, what, were you, what was your feeds? And well, that? see, well, usually you'd have a saddlebag on the side of your saddle. Yeah. If you, if you, you know, and ninety nine percent of the time you, you wouldn't be back to the camp before yeah, dark. That's right. So you had a quart pot. Okay. Yeah. And, and a saddlebag, and you'd have you'd make yourself a bloody couple of corned beef sandwiches. Okay. Yeah. Like, sure. Like, yeah. Um, that's we, why like, we, had, we had tin cheese. Yeah. Uh, old tin cheese, which was. Which was wasn't too bad, you know. Was it all right? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. ten cheese and um, what's the name? Um, yeah, meat. Well, was it plenty of tomato sauce and yeah, and black sauce? And yeah, no, it just it just yeah. it'd be no, interesting just, to know just, that. Just beef, you know, corn yeah. beef, yeah. corn beef on bread. But sometimes they only have damper corn beef on damper. Oh yeah, yeah, the old, fair enough. Old dampers, but yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. it's just funny because like, uh, like you know, like if you have the same shit every day, like I remember as a kid. Uh, Mum would always make fish fingers. Like, yeah. It'd always be fish fingers yeah. at some point, and to the point where it just fucking drove me nuts. Like, yeah. like now I can't eat a fish yeah. finger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when you have too much of something that just get, it just drives you nuts. Yeah, I, yeah. you're talking about <laughs> fish fingers driving. <laughs> I there was a greater driver, greater Jack. Yeah, and he's an old fellow, you know, the old caravan. He and he's a brilliant old greater driver, but. Um, you know, his idea of buddy having a bath was buddy hitting himself with about half a pound of talcum powder, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and it all stuck to him. That. And uh, anyway, I was talking to him one day and he used to sometimes be at the station of a weekend. Yeah, sure. And, and he used to get fish fingers yeah. brought out from um, Mount Isa, flown out because they had a company plane. Brunette had a oh, big, really? Beechcraft Bonanza, a company plane. You're kidding like, me. Kidding their own yeah. plane. Their own plane. Fly these fish fingers out for him. The manager's wife used to get them for him. So anyway, wow. he, he said to me, he said, oh, I'll be back in the station Saturday night. I'd say, catch up with me. He said, I'm looking forward to a big feed of fish fingers. <laughs> See? I said, oh, Jesus, bloody fish fingers would be good. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you a bit more about that. Yeah. Anyway, fish fingers would be good. Anyway, he said, well, come in Saturday night, which we used to come in. And he said, I'll have some fish fingers for you. Well, like his caravan was, was you know. It was funny, you know, it was terrible, you know. <laughs> and the old frying pan, she hadn't been washed for 12 months Ugh. and there's bloody, there's bloody shit and rubbish everywhere. <laughs> he, he cooked up these fish fingers for me. <laughs> and, and I ate them and I was very, very grateful that he, he thought of me and I ate them but there was no return for another fish finger. <laughs> no returns. There was no returns on the fish fingers. It <laughs> leaves that impression. <laughs> But, oh shit! But uh, yeah. while you're talking about fish, um, at the end of one year there, I went for a run with the um, road train driver. Oh yeah, okay. Went in about ice, loaded the work me ass off, loading bloody diesel drums into bloody crates and everything, and and we had all the stores for the station. Yep. And he had boxes of apples and boxes of oranges, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. And we got to Camwell, and there's was, there was a Place there is to sell fish and chips. Okay, yeah, sure. And I said to this fellow, I said, um, I wouldn't mind a bloody bit of fish and chips, for, you know, as we're going through. Yeah. He said, No, where's your money? He said, He said, Oh, what are you hungry? So anyway, he bloody gets up in the back and he jimmies the lid off a box of apples and a box of oranges. <laughs> Give me an apple and an orange. 
<laughs> I'm going past past this fish and chip shop dribbling. <laughs> Him out. This fish and, he said, oh, waste your money. Waste your money, he said. <laughs> uh, good old good old fashioned fish and uh, fish and chips, hey, yeah. you can't go wrong. Especially with when mate. you're only eating beef all the time. Oh, that's it. That's that's, that's different. That's what I said. that's what made me think of it. I was thinking, yeah. you know, like I was like, I remember the same thing, fish fingers all the time. It just it just ter- deterred me from it. I I thought that it'd be the same for you guys, yeah. eating beef all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I'll just skip a little bit here. Mm. It's all all the pertains to Brunette Downs. Yeah, sure. And the second year there, I I stayed there over the over the Christmas break. Okay. And yeah. um, and like young fellas learning, you could be on the windmill trucks, or you could be bore running, or you could be with the mechanic. You do, and they'd road trade us around. The ones that stayed, but there wasn't many that stayed. Yeah, okay. most of them went home to went home. families. And was that. this and that was for the Christmas period, was it? Yeah, they yeah. Shut it down when the stock camp finished. Yep. So when the stock camp basically finished, when it got too hot, work stock, you'd go, you know, go and yeah. Um, anyway, I was bore. I was bore running. Okay. Yeah. And I and I drank some. I I had a we had a forty four gallon drum with an inch. Hard bloody pipe uh, hose, yeah, and any dead cattle that were around, or because of botulism, you had to grab cart timber on them and then pour the diesel on them and light them up and burn, oh, okay, burn, yeah. burn the sure. carcass, burn the yeah, carcass, burn the carcass, burn the yeah. waters. See, anyway, I um, and I had this bloody plastic hose and it was hard, and I was sucking and sucking and it wasn't coming out. All of a sudden, it was rushed, <laughs> and and I got a big stomach full of diesel. Oh, anyway, I finished up. Uh, and I went to Rocky Tubor, I climbed up the two says, passed out, uh, half in the water, nearly died, nearly, nearly drowned there. Wow. Uh, staggered out, jumped in the vehicle and drove about, oh, I don't know, 90 miles back to the station, 70 miles. Staggered in, fell on my bed. It was, I was almost unconscious, you know. Yeah, of course. No one really s- sort of missed me until Teton. Yeah. Oh, where's Terry? And I was in there and I was almost bloody out to it, you know. Fuck. And my stomach was full of diesel, diesel, and burned all the in, burned all the inside of my stomach out. Shit! And flying doctor came and he and he said, "Oh, pest on my stomach." You know, oh, oh, does that hurt? Oh, and he said, "Well, you know," he said, "All that's got to pass through you." Yeah. You know, until it passes through, you're not gonna, uh, you know. So I got down to about, oh, I think I was three stone seven or something. Yeah. I was only about ten stones it was, but yeah, I, I couldn't get out of bed. Wow! And and I got real sick, really, really sick. And I see hallucinations, all sorts of terrible stuff. Had a nurse coming to me, giving me these pills every day. Yeah, but they weren't doing anything for me. They weren't helping me. Yeah. Anyway, Charlie Shan, he was head stockman at Camp One, and and very famous. Had Max Shan, you see the top camp draft. Yep. Charlie was his uncle. You know, he died about three or four months ago. Poor old Charlie. Oh. In in trauma. Yep. Anyway, he gave me these. He'd been to Europe, and he had these European. He'd been to Greece. Dysentery pills. Okay. Because I was just on this pain. Yeah, yeah. Just everything was running through me, and 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 just starving away, dying, yep. dying. You know, dying on the bed. And he gave me these pills, and I started picking up. Yeah. You know, and like, then I got a bit stronger. I started sitting up in bed, and then I used to be like a bloody gecko going down the wall to the kitchen. Oh, yeah. On the wall? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. couldn't walk along. I'd fall over. You'd fall over, yeah. And then I got in with this pommy bob, <coughs> this cook, yep. as, he, as his cook's offsider, to, to teach me and to get my strength back till yep. I was strong enough to go back to the stock camp. Back of course, yeah. 
Yeah. And that's where I, we were doing 90 loaves of bread every morning, except Sunday. Um, we were cutting up this beef. We, we were cooking for about uh, 40 to 50 men there. Wow. Um, and I learned a fair bit about cooking from him. He was a lovely, lovely fella. Yeah. Bob yep. Falston, yeah. Pommy Bob. Pommy Bob. But, uh, yeah, no, he's a, he's a great old fella. Yeah, what was your nickname on the station? Was it wasn't still wasn't slopper? Was oh, it? No, no, I got out of slopper. <laughs> I think it was just Terry. I think Terry. Yeah, yeah that's right. sort of latter times I've been TJ. TJ, yeah, TJ. Um, buddy, yeah, TJ's sort of most of the time. Was that to to sort of summarise this first app? Did you was that the last place that you were at before you got into the police force? No, no, I went from there. To the Channel Country. Okay, and what was that like? Well, oh, yeah, it was a whole different ball game. A whole different ball game? Yeah. Down what they call the Lake Country, Dukamundra Country, out towards Rockhampton, down Boundary, I'll tell you. Yeah, tell me. Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you this first one, first story, and and um, the the dust was that bad. Cut the eyes oh, out really? of the head. Oh, gray, really? Grey dust. Oh, okay, Beyond yeah. Beyond two or 3,000 head of cattle and dust. Oh, I suppose it would be, and, wouldn't you know, it? You, did, and, you forget about that stuff. And, and the wind blowing, and sometimes you... You know, but anyway, we 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 yarded these cattle. There's an Aboriginal fellow by the name of Johnson. Yep, he's deceased now. Smartest Aboriginal I ever knew in my life. Yep, very smart man, Johnson. Anyway, he said to me, I said, "Geez, I said it's going to be dusty here, Brandon, tomorrow." He said, "Rain tonight." I said, "No, it's not going." Where's the clouds? He said, "No rain tonight." He said, "Really? Rain tonight? Where's the clouds? I can't see a cloud." No, he said. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. Rain tonight. Next morning, of course, 3,000 cows and calves. Yeah. Peeing all night. Oh, of course, yeah. It's bloody just about like, a mess. like mud. It would be, yeah. No, don't, no dust in the yard. <laughs> no dust <laughs> in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said to me, oh, he said, shit. Terry, I told you it was going to rain last night. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I told you it was going to rain last night. <laughs> oh, you bugger. You got oh, me. Yeah. I love it. Another time. That's a good one. Another time. I, I bloody rode this, lay this mare, and I was in. I think I might have been Maxi Priest camp. But anyway, this mare, she could she could buck a bit. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I was starting to be able to hang up a bit. You know, yeah. I started to ride a bit better. Yeah. Anyway, he said you can take that mare there and see how you go with her. You know. Anyway, you saddle them up. They buck with the saddle and they go round and round and. Flew on. I think I lugged her to get on. And anyway, anyway, she put on a pretty fair turn, but I rode her pretty well. Yeah, you know? sure. I rode yeah. pretty. Well. I was pretty proud of myself. Yeah, Probably the on, best yeah. horse I'd ever like buck jumping horse. Yeah, rooting horse. I'd ridden, and I thought him. And then me and a fellow by the name of Finlay. Yep. We rode out this mushroom towards Rocky Two Bore on the Rockhampton Downs boundary. They called Durkham under windmill and bore there, and we rode out and. The horses went from that camp. They were heading straight to this, not this uh, Rocky Two Bore. I mean, not Duke of Rocky Two Bore. Yep. Which is about seventeen mile. Okay. And yep. we were mustering around into this into this yards yep. there, and got out about ten mile, and this mare she bloody flew in the air and she buddy, she got into it, eh? Yeah. Anyway, I rode her. Only bloody just, only yep. just, I rode her. And then I did the fatal mistake. <laughs> I pulled my hat off and I said, you want a buck, you bitch, I'll give you a buck. And I hit her down the flank. 
Well, she went halfway to the moon. <laughs> and I went about halfway to that bloody rocky two ball. She threw me about 40 feet, rolled me in the dirt and turned around while she went, heading back to where she come from, see. <laughs> this Finlay said, you know, he said that this mayor thinks her mates are back there. Yeah. But her mates are gone. They're gone. I have to go back and follow her along and get her and lead her back to the camp. Yeah. Now... That uh, Rocky Two boy is about 12 mile that way, you know, that way. <laughs> you just walk straight that way and you would see the windmill yep. and, and 12 mile, like there was a bit of timber out there too. And I'm walking and walking and walking. I think I'm going to die out here. I'll die out here. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you know, I didn't get yeah, hurt. Yeah, of course, yeah. I had bloody dust and shit, a few birds in me too, I think. And, uh, <laughs> and, anyway, and finally I see the little peaked the top of the windmill, sicking over the horizon, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I was the happiest man in the world. <laughs> as happy as a mud crab I was. I was bloody, you bloody beauty. You know? <laughs> I'm not going to die after all, you know. I'm not going to die. I wasn't so cheeky the next time. Yeah. Uh, she, she taught me a lesson. She taught you a lesson? That bay man, she taught uh, me not to be such a smart bastard, you know. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah. You, must have some, you must have some good times there, mate, by the sounds of it. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we, we like we were young white fellas there, and when black fellas were we're competing. Yeah, yeah. You know, competing. You know, in the Bronco yard, yeah. You know, and and out bloody chasing cattle and that. We were sort of bloody, and they were happiest people. Yeah, laugh and joke. You know, I've got to tell you another one. Yeah, of course. It was that cold out in that Barkley table in wintertime. I was just freezing to death. Yeah. And it's the coldest place. It'd be a different kind of cold and, too, where it goes oh, straight through you. And wind, that south, yeah. southerly wind. And I wrote to mum and only let's see, there was no phones, brunette, no phones in those days. Oh, yeah, of course. Just had letters, you know. Yeah, of course. In the telegram system. But I wrote to mum and um, I said, I'm bloody freezing out here, you know. And I know these jeans, these denim jeans that sort of had holes in them. Oh, yeah. From getting kicked by calves when you oh, yeah. ran and that. And anyway... <clears throat> She sent me a pair of Bonds long johns. You know, you ever see those long <laughs> yeah, john underpants? Yeah. These Bonds long yeah. johns, see? So I put them on and I wore them well, mate. Worst things in the world, especially <laughs> when you, they round your nuts and up your ass and these bloody Bond underpants. And, and these Murrays are walking along yeah. and they're pointing and laughing. I didn't know what they're pointing and laughing at. They could see the white of me. <laughs> be, <laughs> be long johns under the holes in my jeans, yeah, see? Yeah, of course, yeah. Well, they laugh and laugh and laugh and, and, and you, know, what, what, you know, what is he sort of thing, you know? And when we got back to camp, got I got out of them and I showed them, you know, this is what they look like. Well, <laughs> if they laughed before, they laughed a thousand <laughs> times more. Look at these long johns. You know, they, they thought they'd never seen anything like that in their life before, you know. Oh, but, I love it. Yeah, yeah, uh, funny, funny things, yeah. Uh, things that sort of happen, you know. Oh, but that, but that's what, but that would have been a part of the whole bloody oh, yeah. comradeship yeah. and being part like, of the part like, of the group and I said, like, a bit of banner with each other, really a bit of a laugh and carry on. I really enjoyed working with those people, you know. Yeah, everyone would, it would have been a great bunch to work with everybody. Yeah, they, they were, even the young young fellows were good. Yeah, you know, yeah. bloody oath. How funny. many how many years did you do there? Um, I left there in seventy uh, two. 72. Yeah. And then I went to Kuruboka as head stockman. Okay. Right yeah, because I was yeah. head stockman to camp. Yep. To camp, uh, camp two. Burnett. Yeah. And, and that's when I said John Crane took me down. Took you down. Kuruboka, okay. yeah. Yeah. So that's. I, I went down. I, when he wrote to me, I went down and took up the job there. Yeah. That's a whole other 
as a whole game, you know. So yeah, if you want, yeah. If you want to, oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll finish. That's where we'll kick off the second part of the. Yeah, we'll, we'll start from we'll Corey do, Walker. We'll do yeah. a three. We'll do a three part ep, and yeah. so that that we can talk about. Corey Walker. Then I joined the police, police force. Yeah, and then and then see how we'll, we go. And we'll do that one, and then a third one we'll do sort of later on in your career, what you do now, and. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, no, right. that's, that's great. yeah, no, that's great. Thanks so much for sharing those <laughs> stories with us, mate. It's been fantastic. <laughs> hey. It's great, I, great knowledge and I great history. I always to put into a book. Yeah, you know. I anyway. hope you still do. I yeah, hope you do. I, mean, I think I've got like I've got more of the photos and yeah. everything in there that go in the book. Almost. Yeah, do you really? Yeah, that's cool. And, and I got them right there. Yeah, I will have a look for sure. Yeah, I might yeah. even grab a couple of those photos because it'd be great to. Yeah. Um, when we do a couple of clips, compare yeah. some of those photos to what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for every, so I'll give it to you now, even though you're going to be on for a couple of episodes. Every every guest that comes on the uh, Dead Ass Podcast, yep. we give them a present. So it's oh, a gift for coming on. So you get your own, <laughs> you get your own coffin nameplate, mate. Oh, <laughs> so, right, mate. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so I, I sincerely, I hope I don't have to use it for a little while. No, yet. that's it. No, well, I've, I've made one for you. So I got your eulogy. I got your coffin nameplate. We're good. You're right. <laughs> Alberto's sending me down the chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's bloody, he's bloody put you in the deep end on Catch this one. Me out, yeah. yeah, so you can see this is the coffin table. Oh right, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where we got the co- got the nameplate there on there. So that's the same as that. So every guest they get one of those. All oh, right, yep, get yep. one of those nameplates, mate. Yep. So, oh, right, oh, yeah. so thank you very much for the first step. We'll have you back on uh, soon for the second part of your career and your life, and then um, yeah, we'll go from there, mate. So. We'll keep an eye. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who's been listening, and keep your eye out for the second episode coming out soon. So, thanks, Pricey. Cheers, mate. It's been a bloody pleasure, mate. Oh, good on you, mate. Thank you. We've had you. a few laughs. It's oh, been mate, I've, I've, mate, I've had a cracker. <laughs> so, thank you so much, mate. I really good appreciate you, mate. it. Cheers. Thank you.